Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very, very special anniversary episode of Not Your Father's Movies. I'm Vito. I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse. And we are the Dad Fathers coming at you with some anniversary energy. We're officially one year old. Woo! We're so old. <laughs> uh, we're just about to learn to walk. Finally. And then right after we walk, we're going to take our first drink, have our first stogie. Like, it's going to happen really quick. I'm going to go fast. <laughs> but it's it's been a whole year since we started this out with our Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy out in, in my garage in Southern California. Uh, it was very lo-fi back then. Um, has not changed much. <laughs> We're out How of your you guys... garage. Uh, out of my garage, now into my basement. We've, we've made a significant improvement. Yes. Yes, we have. <laughs> Internet has gotten better. So much better. Guys, <laughs> you won't believe the floors and the walls that I've drilled through to get a hard line to my basement to improve the internet. And you won't believe the hundreds of dollars that Mike spent to upgrade his Wi-Fi network so that we can do this. And you won't believe all the money that Jesse spent on the outdoor patio that he has <laughs> so that the kids can go outside when he records. All for you, all, right? It, it's, it's all for, all, it's all for yeah. you guys. It's all yeah. for the podcast. It's all for the fans. We're doing this all for you. You're welcome. So for this anniversary episode, what we decided to do is that we came up with a series of questions and we asked these questions to our very frequent collaborators or those that were just really, really close to us. We've interviewed for this show, uh, uh, Liz, Letney, Sir, David, Dave, Chris, our composer, Max, and Dom. Now, what you're going to hear in the show following is going to be an edit of some of those questions that we asked those people um, kind of in a row. So we'll state the question, you'll be able to hear the person's responses. And we just did this to kind of just honor the people who worked with us and also to just show you uh, just an inner working at how all of this is, like show you a, a peek inside of our minds and our collaborators' minds and what we think about dad movies. Did, did I do that well, guys? Yeah, it's all about dad movies, right? Like we're here to talk about dad movies and dad movies, like we like to limit it to one movie in an episode, but sometimes we want to talk more broadly about the concept. And we thought the anniversary episode was a good time to reach out to lots of people and get to talk about that. So we get we, we cast the net wide with this one. We tried to honor the collaborators that we had worked with a certain number of times. So if we worked with you just one time or just like one or two times and, and you're not in this episode, you know, don't worry. You could be in another one soon. Okay. <laughs> oh, and, and shout out to Sir, because I think he has only collaborated with us one time, even though Beato's collaborated multiple times with him. But he has personally sent me at least two computers <laughs> because after I had computer issues with the uh, Big Sleep episode, he stayed on the line later and just offered to send me one. And from now on, I've been I've been having uh we've been having a functioning podcast because of Sir. So way yeah. to go, Sir. Thanks, yeah. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> we want to reward the people that that do a lot of good for us. Um, likewise, like you know, Max, our composer, has not been on an episode yet, but he's the one that gave us our that original guitar riff way back when for free. And uh, has just been very happy in listening to the podcast and been a very good collaborator so far. Anything else you want to add, Mike, before we move on? No, I think that you guys uh, said it really well. I'm just really excited to hear the episode in its final form. I've uh, We've each interviewed separate people. 
so I know what my interview sounded like. I'm really interested to hear what your guys' sounded like. That's going to be very exciting for me. They sound like shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. Liz has some wild takes on dad movies, and I thought that was interesting. Ooh, fascinating. I mean, Liz Liz is the most reliable of the of the uh, wild cannons, loose cannons. So I'm I'm pretty excited to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Saturday the third, I don't know, they're not even super wild. It's just like I can what? Okay. Great. Yeah. That's well, awesome. So this is before we've constructed the episode, so we have a lot of surprises for you in store and for ourselves in store as we put it together. <laughs> but kind of moving into to us talking about our episode before we go to our collaborators and our interviews. Maybe a good question to ask is out of all the episodes that we've done, and now we've had 52 episodes under our belts, guys, are there any calls that you would change? Is there any opinion that right now you want to recant in front of our audience? One that springs to mind would be when I called the 1954 Cinderella a dad movie. I think I would like to take that one back a little bit. (laughs) That doesn't even fit with anything that I've gone on with sense to say is a dad movie. Like, I remember my reasoning, like, I still think it's important to show your kids build that when they're babies as a foundation for for more fairy tales they're on. But, like, no, no way. Nice. That's solid. I don't enjoy watching that movie. I don't want to associate Cinderella, <laughs> Cinderella 1954 but, with you. Don't you yeah, remember but, the 42 minutes of, of animated mice running around? <laughs> uh, you know, I still want the, the newer one to be associated with me, though. If I could have, like, dates with my daughter just, like, watching that, that'd be fun, right? If you could take your, your daughter out and, like, I don't know, watch Cinderella with her and still both kind of enjoy the movie. Yeah. So I'll stand by that one, but not the original. I can't remember. Did I say that the original was a dad movie? Because if no. I did, I, okay, good. Good job. <laughs> good job, past Mike. <laughs> I think that was, was a unanimous no. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just me. So now it's a unanimous no. Now, 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 now it is. Good. Fair enough. We've all grown. We've all grown through this process. Mike, how did you grow? Well, you know, I've been thinking about this a good deal. I've been thinking a good deal. And, um... <laughs> I I have very little memory about what I've ever said in my life, but I'm going to go ahead and stand by just about everything I've said (laughs) since our very third episode, which was Spider-Man 3. And uh, you know what? I'm going to make a little change here. I'm going to change this one up because at this point in my life, I'm going to say all three of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies are absolutely dad canon. Yes! Freedom! <laughs> Spider-Man 3 just went from not being a dad movie to being the dead canon. Absolutely. I, uh, it, it's I, it's uh, up there with, with you know, the the uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, original trilogy. Right? Like, like it's just this wild, rambunctious, doesn't make uh, any sense, but gosh, it's fun to laugh at and, uh, and enjoy some parts of. Oh, it, it's up just, there with the latter half of the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> the final oh, two of the come on. <laughs> come on. Those, those, it's way better than those two, Jesse. I, you know I, it. I feel, I feel like the Grinch. My heart grew two sizes. <laughs> One other person in my life doesn't just sneer at Spider-Man 3. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. Vito, that's good. Vito, what change would you, or what call would you like to change over the past uh, year? 
I, I say something incorrect every single episode. It's, it's a mission of mine. Um, just look back. I'm wrong all the time. Uh, I hope to admit that I'm wrong all the time as well, even as I, in the episode, passionately advocate for the fact that I'm right. But a big one that I want to change, a call that I run, I'd want to run back. I'd want to run back in our top five episode of the year, top five movies for, for 2020. I believe that we said, I'm thinking of ending things as number three and Defy Bloods is number four. And having recently revisited Defy Bloods, Defy Bloods is number three. I think Damn. conclusively. Actually, I, is it, it might be the other way around. We might if have it said. Is, if, it's, if it is the other way around, then I just support what we agreed on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I will say now after seeing I'm thinking of end, ending things, I don't think I'd put it in my top five. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, we'll have a more conclusive top five this year. But if, if, if I said anything against the five bloods being higher, then I take it back. It should be higher and um, should be remembered. And as time goes on, also, I'm thinking of any things I think should should also be a little less, a little bit less. Too much Oklahoma, guys. Too much Oklahoma. Why is it so dependent on me having seen the musical Oklahoma? That's what I want to know. It's, yeah, it's really oddly specific. It's just yeah. very strange. Incredibly. Did you like the Did you like the pig, Jesse? No, no, that's when it lost me. <laughs> that, that is exactly when I said no. I I'm not in. <laughs> I did not. Well, so you got it like two hours and ten minutes in, and you're like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the dancing. I think the dancing. No, the dancing came before. I don't know. I don't know. The, the, the naked old man. I don't know. It's quite a lot. It's quite a lot, all at once. Yeah. Well. I think I think if those are the takes that we're going to take back, I'm pretty happy with that. In typical dad fashion, they are haphazard and uh, <laughs> strongly put. Also, <laughs> I kind of um, completely forgot about the top five episode. I, I, I didn't even remember that that happened. <laughs> I cried, Mike. Don't you remember that? You cried. There was crying. I, I I don't know. I don't know. This is this is like nine months ago. <laughs> I've had a baby since then. Like who could tell? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. But uh, then, Mike, if you can't remember anything, would you tell me what's an episode you'd do over? Or would it just be the last one you were on? Wait, what was the last one I was on? True Grit? No, just if you don't remember anything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I actually, you know what? I do, I do have what, well, I don't know if I like do it over because it's like it was bad. I don't think it was a bad episode um, at all. Actually, I think it was a really good episode. But our Into the Spider-Verse episode, I would love to do that movie again. Because I think that there's just, there's a lot there. And I know, like, other people who have said, like, oh, man, I'd love to do a, an Into the Spider-Verse episode um, with you. And I'd love to get, like, other collaborators on to talk about it and talk about uh, how they felt about the movie. Because that's that's just a strong dad movie. And uh, I just I just love that movie. I feel like there's a lot to talk about. So there's that one because because it's good, not because it's bad, but just like it's yeah. it's good and we didn't hit everything maybe. I don't know. And then the other one that I I kind of want to redo, I don't know how much I really want to redo it, but like 12 Angry Men. I think that uh that one was really fun while we were doing it, but it kind of cycled out of control with our recasting. We went, yeah. we went pretty <laughs> pretty in depth on on other actors. It was an um, hour and 15 minute long sidebar. Yes. Yes. The, the longest <laughs> you know ever. What? There's another call I, I 
remake. I said someone that I shouldn't have said. I don't remember who it was, but I was like, yeah, that's not that's not right. Um, <laughs> so someone can tell me that. But that, that would be the other one I'd want to redo. Those wait, so wait, Mike, Mike. So someone could tell you the one that you did, but you didn't want to do and that yeah, you could take that back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if someone wants to tell me which one I shouldn't have done, please do. <laughs> I think we could we could we could look too past collaborator Dominic for that one. <laughs> uh, Jesse, what, what what would you redo? Is it the Twelve Angry Men episode? Oh, the, yeah, that's the absolute top of the list. In fact, I think one day we we legitimately should just redo the whole episode, put out Twelve Angry Men two. Yes, the dads come back. Uh, and... Revenge of the dads. Yeah, because like we spent so long recasting, we didn't even really talk about the movie that much. And then when we did, we were kind of awkward, and I'd like to just like, scrap it. Scrap the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> we, we, we share that one, definitely. I, I think all three of us, unanimously, we say, if we could redo one episode, give us one week of prep time, it would be 12 Angry Men. Cool. Um, I guess we, we all agree. Redo, maybe we should redo it the next year. Yeah, yeah. I'd love Two to. Years? Two years, maybe two years. I need a little bit of time to watch it. Um, <laughs> did you have another one though, Jesse? Honestly, honestly, no. Like there were some gaps or whatever, and some other ones that we've done. But that's the one where I'm just like, if I had to start from scratch and redo and redo a whole episode, it'd be Twelve Angry Man. I can't really think of another one where I'd really say I'd like to just scrap the whole thing. Yeah, I for for myself, I would like to redo. Obviously, 12 Angry Men. That's the number one, all three of ours. There's a Venn diagram. We all verge on 12 Angry Men and a picture of, uh, you know, I don't know, sweaty dudes in a, in a box. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in that, also in that Venn diagram that's all by myself is I would like to redo Nomadland and I would actually like to sit that one out and I would have oh. liked to have heard you guys talk about it because the longer I sit with Nomadland, the least I find I have to say about it. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means there's nothing in the movie for me. I don't know if it just means I'm just not resonating with anything, but I don't, I still don't feel anything about Nomadland. I still feel completely empty when it comes to that movie. And I, when I listened back to that episode, besides the audio trouble that we had, which was still fun when it was going on, right? Uh, I, I would like to maybe just pull myself from that scenario and then heard you guys talk about it. Cause then I might've yeah. found something That's fair for myself. That's fair, yeah. yeah. That's, that's I, interesting. I wish I wasn't their take. No, I, I wish yeah. I'd heard you guys talk about it with uh, with Dave. And and that was a very enlightening conversation. But I just remember at the time I was sitting there going, like, I am not contributing anything to this. <laughs> yeah, I still think that... I still like the episode, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, it just occurred to me, uh, when we recorded Nomadland, I recorded it in, in my van. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The spare bedroom was being taken up at the time. And that was a weird experience. And there was another episode that we tried to record in my van that never came to fruition. And that is <laughs> yes. about time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the only episode that we have completely lost. Completely scrapped. And I'd like to redo that sometime. Uh, well, it's coming in in the future. Remember when we when we closed that episode and we had a very special guest who I hope come back. And it was really going to be really fun. We were very excited to do it. We all watched it. I cried. There was revelations on the show. Like, it was a big deal. And was, then... I, yeah, I found out something, like, very deeply personal about Vita. Yeah. I sure I always wondered. It was something I always wondered about <laughs> that I found out why. It was like... 
it was mind blowing, and it was recorded, and then and then we never released any of this because we didn't record the rest of the episode. Because it it fell it fell apart completely apart. <laughs> it was awful. It was sad. It was really sad. <sighs> it'll come to you someday, listeners, someday. But before that comes, it'll to you, be about have... time when it comes to you. <laughs> Ooh, I have a series for that could that could possibly. Congratulations. Be. Thank you. I'm proud of yeah. myself. Well, if you have a series, we'll have to talk about it. But I have to ask one final question before we go to our interview show. And I'll ask this of Jesse first. Jesse, what was your favorite episode? It's a tough one, but I th- I think I have like two. Uh, La La Land mm. was with Chris Sebastian. And then and your Liz, wife. Who popped, yeah, Liz popped on for a little while. And that was so much fun. That was yeah. like a genuine, like, invigorating conversation to have and then also a cool hand luke with guest aaron olonic uh she came like i was kind of confused about the movie she came on and clarified some things that i thought about it and i that was it was great like i actually it was cool to walk into to something and like genuinely change my mind and see far more about a movie than than i had previously and yeah that was lots of fun what do you think, Mike? That's you, awesome. Are those your favorite episodes too? Uh, they were in the running. Um, I, I, those were great episodes. Um, but I am, I'm going to pick, I think my two favorite, Nomadland was also in the running um, when I was thinking about this. I, I really love that episode, not because you didn't have anything good to say. I thought you had many good things <laughs> to say, but it was just like, it was such an incredible revelation about, I don't know, the differences between people and, and how we are approaching these things differently, which I love. I love that. But I think my, my two favorite are probably Baby Driver and Fargo. Baby Driver with Dom and Fargo with Phil. Those were fantastic episodes. Those were a ton of fun. Man, I'd do it over again with them. Like, that was great. Was fun time. I, I laughed so hard in the Fargo episode. Oh, my gosh, Phil, yeah. Phil was killing me. And we it was it was difficult, like, trying to record it because it was later. Jesse was kind of tired. We, we were all tired, but it was, like, later at night. And yeah. we were trying to cram it in. And we were, like, squished around. I used to have this terrible uh, gray square plastic card table that we'd sit around that was <laughs> dented really hard in the middle. So all the computers moved inwards on each other. And it was so hard sitting around that and trying to have a, like a two hour conversation close to a microphone and not moving, <laughs> just holding yourself still and not causing ambient noise. And we were cracking each other up. That was really hard. All of us were cracking all of each other up. That, that's a good memory of mine. I, I loved that. Recording that was, this was a lot of fun. Oh, there, man, I just remember my third favorite episode. I'm going to shout this one out to you. It. Yeah, I was just remembering that too. <laughs> that was yeah. a, such a fun time. But Dave, Dave was coming on. I think he was one of our first guests besides Letney. I think Letney. Yeah, was yeah. Um, he just came on, and it was, yeah, it was such a good time. Like we were laughing a lot. Then it got like oddly deep. Then it got like really funny again. It was great. I love that episode. I do too. That that's that one is like, I didn't know that we could knock it out of the park so quickly. But I really feel like patting ourselves on the back about that one. <laughs> That's a good episode. It <laughs> was a good episode. What, what um, about what about are those your two favorite, Vito, or or what's? Uh, it's Spider Man. Spider Man for me is is my favorite. The very first one because oh yeah, I I like I like endings. I, I I'm sorry. I like beginnings and I like middles. Endings are hard. Endings are hard for me. Just in terms of general everything. 
And for this to be the beginning for us to all be talking and making something together, you know, like Jesse and I wrote like a, a freaking like zombie movie in college together. And it was a ton of fun. <laughs> and then Mike and I used would play video games for hours and talk about life and like sometimes write poetry or short stories and like come up with ideas with each other. And to now merge all of it together, you know, two of my closest friends in my life into something that we all did together was just such a joy. And I remember sitting in my garage and it was like a little cold that night. And, and we we're just sitting crouched around my one microphone, trying to make sure we all sat in the exact right places that we'd done sound check for was really incredible. And it meant a lot to me that we got to be all together in that place. And looking back on it, listening to it, I've listened to it like four or five times, guys. It still sounds like a lot of fun. Whenever I feel kind of tired, I go back and listen to that first episode because it still sounds like we are having a blast. And that kind of gets me going to do it again. Well, it was really fun. Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe that it was happening at the time. I remember being like, I don't even know what a podcast is really. I listened to a few, but I don't know what we're doing. I don't know why anybody's going to listen to this. And thousands of people have. That's what's crazy. <laughs> at least at least 5,000 downloads at this time. Yeah. 5,000 something or other. Between between five. In the, in the Fugazi, it's a Fugazi, it's a Who's It, it's a What's It, it's in the middle. Yeah, we're doing great. We have we have all kinds of countries that are listening to us. It's really, really gratifying. Romania, you're awesome, by the way. Romania's out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hungary, the Ukraine, Australia, okay, Germany. That's put a huge damper, but... I always kind of just envision a VPN. <laughs> Look, if it is, it is. If it's Come if it's not, on. Come if it's not, on. if it's not, let's shout out the home country. Isn't that great? Wouldn't if you were listening from a different country to a podcast from America? Wouldn't it be cool if that podcast acknowledged that you were listening to them? That would be rad. Also, the UK, the yeah, UK listens cool. a lot. Yeah. Scotland, Ireland, France, Spain, a lot of downloads there. Canada, Canada's up there. I don't want to acknowledge Canada. <laughs> we love all of our listeners equally oh in russia there's a lot in russia i've seen a couple in russia too it really surprises me but if you listen to us internationally and if you yeah. like what we say please i don't know please write to us all of you out there let us know who you are we hope that you have enjoyed this year of not your father's movies and we look forward to the future and to what we have to come so um from all of us here at not your father's movies i'm Vito, and i have nothing more to add I, I'm Mike, and I have nothing more to add. Okay, that was just more of an open invitation. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't yeah. want to cut anybody off. <laughs> I'm Jesse, and I have nothing more to add. So let's go on to the interviews. Friend of the pod, Liz. You know, wife to Jesse, who is me. I'm Jesse, interviewing Liz. Hey. Hi. It's good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you too. Nice to see you around. I don't think I've ever told you this, but it's actually been an aspiration of mine for years to do a podcast just with you. Even on if what? It's just one episode on anything. Well, we've done two and a half at this point. No, just with you. Oh. Not with those other guys. <laughs> <laughs> they have names. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to name them. Don't bring them into this. So Liz, what is a dad movie to you? A dad movie to me is something that embodies humor, strength, 
and sacrifice. Not sure about the ratio. I'm sure it, I think it would vary depending on what movie. But I guess I'm just a more serious person. And so I see... I can't separate dad movies from like my view of fatherhood. And fatherhood has a lot of humor <laughs> and strength and sacrifice in it. And so... It has a dad movie has to have all of those to varying degrees um, to be a dad movie to me. I have a special guest here. His name is Anthony Letney. If you listen to our show, then one out of eight episodes stars you. Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah, and uh, right now Letney happens to be living with me, and I have to admit. I was I was a little uh, I don't know like taken off guard that a guest from not your father's movies was going to be living with me, and then I remembered I'm a host on the show, so everything was okay. So, all right, so we're just I don't know we're we're here to kind of recap the show I guess a little and to ask you a few questions about dad movies in general since you are a dad movie expert. So I guess it's sort of where we get to the question of what do I think a dad movie is. And I was thinking about this today, and it seems like... So, a year ago, if you'd asked me this, before you guys started the podcast... <laughs> um, yeah, what would you have said then? I would have, I would have probably... I mean, the short answer is I would have said a World War II movie. That it seems... So, it seems to me like the general, at least pre-podcast, the general idea in my mind was that a dad movie is primarily a movie in a genre that dads love. And sort of dads exclusively love. So, like, it seems like it's almost a prerequisite for a dad movie that mom's not going to enjoy it. That <laughs> this is something that either dad's going to watch alone or dad's going to watch with his sons. Yeah. But it's not a movie for the whole family. It's not a movie for mom. And it seems like a World War II movie is, like, the perfect cross-section of that where it's too violent for the whole family and it's got, like, that manly... It holds up those manly virtues of courage and determination and like all that yeah. as... It just seems like it's right right down a dad's lane. So, yeah. So, I guess pre-podcast, I would say a dad movie is... A World War II movie. Yeah, a World War II movie, but just generally, like, a movie that is is in a genre that dads either exclusively love or especially love. Okay. Beyond other people. So, ne- so post-podcast. But post-podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, it seems like... I mean, I don't want to speak for you guys, but... The sense that I've gotten from what you guys are doing is that, one, you guys are trying to sort of unpack what, because it's sort of a nebulous concept. It's sort of like, it's like a dad joke or a dad body. Like, it's, it's got... <laughs> oh, no, we know what a dad body is. I have one. <laughs> so, I'll show it to you. <laughs> Make it more clear if you want. <laughs> but, yeah, so I guess maybe a dad movie is, is a sort of, it's a pretty ind- undefined term. Maybe undefinable term in popular culture. Uh, so it seems like maybe maybe one of the things you guys are doing is trying to unpack that, but it seems like maybe the other thing you guys are doing is, given that you're millennial dads, and how much it seems like, especially with our generation of millennials, there's been a huge movement of like cinephiles and people who love movies, love diving into movies. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's way more people who love obscure movies or who are followers of a director... Where maybe in the past it was more just movies, yeah. you know, you weren't, people weren't so yeah, scholastic okay. about it. Like, 
Um, I mean, you couldn't. Well, it's it's harder to be when you have to go and pay for a movie ticket. Yeah, and then take like three hours out of your life. Whereas, like, sometimes I'll just throw a movie on in the background because I have a thousand streaming devices I can all play it. So yeah, yeah. So definitely, it seems yeah. like yeah, the internet has made all this very easy. Yeah, um, accessibility in general. Yeah. I don't even need VHSs or DVDs anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even need to take the DVD out of its case and put it in the, <laughs> the player. Or rewind the VHS. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my word. That was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. always like five minutes of just staring. Yeah, or it was like whatever was fed to us on TV before, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like you were stuck with the movies that you would intentionally bought so you knew they were good because you weren't going to spend your money on movies that sucked. Yeah. Or you watch movies that sucked on TV because that's all there was. Yeah. And this is this is a new age for this. Yeah, you're right. It's very different and we're we are trying to unpack that. I think you're right. Yeah, so yeah, so maybe you guys are trying to yeah, talk about millennial dads and the new generation of dads with the internet and with all these, you know, all these these tools you're talking about streaming and the internet and all that so and it also based on what you were saying it seems like maybe maybe the limitations of movie watching in the past were one of the things that made dad movies what they were that because like you maybe didn't want to take a risk on a new movie or just settle for what's on tv if you're a dad you keep going back to these classics because you know they're good and maybe that's one of the things that sort of molded the idea of dad movies or shaped how dads watch movies. Yeah. Where maybe that, that isn't true anymore. You know, we, we all have access to, you know, millions of movies. You know, the click of a button. You know, with, with a couple clicks of a button, you can read, you know, hundreds of reviews from reputable sources. <laughs> you, can, you can just get a, you know, a percentage grade. And so you have all these tools that allow you to, yeah, I guess expose yourself to new movies and new art Without much risk. Well, if you're like me and you don't trust any of that, because I don't, <laughs> I generally don't look at the Rotten Tomato score or anything. I just look at the trailer. Mm. I really try to judge things by the trailer, but that isn't even like people couldn't do that before. Yeah, <laughs> this is a weird new age. It's, it's kind of cool, but uh, man, yeah, it's it is sort of crazy to think about that. In the past, the only place you saw trailers was at the movie theater. Well, or on TV. Oh yeah, or on TV. Sure, yeah, but yeah, not on demand. Also, the movies on TV, they're like, you know, they're more mass-marketed movies. So you're not going to see the weird ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Studio A24 would not exist. Well, it clearly didn't exist yeah. 20 years ago. But I, I'm now not it's sure. Now it's a powerhouse. Yeah. That's really strange because everybody wants to stream it. Yeah. I don't think any of those movies would play on TV, though. Yeah. <laughs> TNT Tonight. <laughs> the Green Knight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah what was the last one we watched it was A24 oh Locke Locke was A24 yeah like that, great. I mean it's a great movie but that's not a flashy movie no like, I feel like that'd be hard to pitch to yeah a mass audience yeah hard to grab eyeballs alright so here we are uh, interviewing Sir from the My Movie Fix podcast how are you sir I cannot complain. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. 
glad to podcast. I love getting my fix. <laughs> and getting your fix no matter how. Anywhere at all times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I'm recording the microphone, I'm I'm pleased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's actually one of the reasons that, that we love talking to you so much is just your deep passion for this. So we're going to start out with, with a pretty... A pretty easy first question, I think. What is a dad movie to you? I know you've explained this on on our Big Sleep episode a little bit, but uh, maybe you could give me an example, another example of a dad movie, if people haven't heard that episode. Yeah, uh, the one I brought up at the time was Triple Triple Frontier, the uh, Ben Affleck movie when they're like army guys and they go to steal some drugs and get trapped on a mountain or something, whatever. But (laughs) yeah, it's... Like that's uh, my idea of a dad movie. Um, I think the exact phrasing is a, a movie. You come downstairs or, you know, whatever, whatever your house, you come into the living room at 10 o'clock and your dad is asleep on the couch while that movie's playing. That's, that's my idea of a dad movie. You know, it's the type of movie your dad will just, he puts on for his pleasure at nine o'clock and falls asleep watching. That's, you know, that's a dad movie to me, you know, and I guess it's, um, you know, uh, the more I think about the the term, the not your father's dad movies, the more I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to consider the fact that I'm a dad now, you know, I've been a dad two years now and I just had a daughter a month ago. So it's like, would, would I fall asleep watching at nine o'clock as a dad movie? Because that, that's me now, you know? So I still, you know, in my head, when I picture it, I think of a an older dad because that's, you know, I'm, I'm 15, 16, and my dad is how old he was and he's falling asleep on the couch. So it's hard for me to picture myself in that in that role. But yeah, so a dad movie to me is a, you know, a, a Western, a, a noir film, something, something with a, a man doing man things or, you know, protecting somebody or, you know, um, uh, I forgot what I was listening to some podcast where they said um, a dad movie is where a dad is, is proved right. Somebody at the beginning of the movie <laughs> says the dad is wrong for some reason and he proves him right by the end of the movie. You know, so that, that that's what a dad movie is, is to me in my head, you know, that, that right. vibe. Right. I, I, I shared it in, the, in my birthday episode, uh, but the number of times that I've fallen asleep during the raid or the raid too, this is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that must mean it's a bad movie then, right? Because you keep falling asleep during it, right? Right? But I, I, turn it, I turn it on at 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, all right, let's get some sick thrills in here. And I get a couple and I'm like, oh, it's, my, it's like my security blanket. Oh, I'm going down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bloody murder! Uh, <laughs> you know, some people, yeah. some people, they watch the Nicholas Sparks things. You know, you know the, mm. the Notebook. They get a good cry in. You know, go to yeah. sleep. I'm like, what, what's my boy Rama up to? You know, how's he gonna wreck some fools? <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I go to the 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 rain scene in the Notebook. That's it wasn't over. It still isn't over. I can watch that scene fifty times. You know, you know that that's that's my jam. You know, but the rest of the movie, whatever. You know, I, I don't care about the being swanned and dying, whatever, but that it wasn't over. It still isn't over. Oh, that gets me every time. Sorry. But yeah, that's not a dad movie. Because <laughs> you're awake this, for it. Yeah. Even though this dad will fall asleep watching it, it's not a dad movie. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, maybe someday stay tuned to season 54 of Not Your Father's Movies and we do the notebook. <laughs> we'll get around to it. The, the 2000-era classic, <laughs> classic film. <laughs> we'll just let you do the bumper for it. Yeah, we'll, let, we'll let you do it. All right, everyone, welcome to another interview for our anniversary episode. I am Vito, and I'm here with David from Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture. How are you, David? Doing great, Vito. How are you doing tonight, man? 
Doing good, doing good. Yeah, just uh, you are you are another one of these interviews that we're doing. We're, we're trying to push all these in and have a fun anniversary show. So wherever this sits in the show, I hope it works out. Yeah, the happy anniversary, guys. I know you guys kind of started uh, roughly a little bit before we did. So it, like I said, it's 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 a momentous year or a momentous time of the year. So congratulations, man. That's good. thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's I uh, didn't think that. I mean, we always had plans to dominate the world, but once we actually are seeing oh, yeah. how the world dominating is going, you know, that, well, that's you know, special. you just got you got to backpedal a little bit, you know, you work on minions first and then you just progress <laughs> from there. Right. You know, it's, <laughs> that's how it starts. Perfect. Well, um, so for these interviews, uh, we're asking uh, five questions uh, from our collaborators and four of them, at least the way that I've been doing them, four of them you get to know. And then there's going to be one surprise one. Um, yeah, secret, we'll, we'll, secret, we'll see secret. if you. Can you do it well? Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. My, my knowing my wife, she'd probably tell me that I'm going to flunk this test. I'm just telling you that right now. So <laughs> <That's> <laughs> she's fine. very critical of me and my test taking abilities. So <laughs> she says she goes uh, action oriented stuff. You're on the ball. Written down written questions. No go. <laughs> no just, go. That's the way I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is perfect. Then we'll we'll just do it action style. All right. Now, question number one: What is a dad movie to you? Well, I mean, it, it's kind of going off that adage, you know, well, that you guys have been pushing this whole time. Uh, it, it's something that makes you kind of wax nostalgic, right? About your your dad, your your your, your parental father figure. Um, I mean, because it doesn't have to just be your your father or like whatnot. It could be it could be anyone that you know you kind of look up to and that you spend enough time with, and you've obviously seen movies with, right? Um, that's how I always kind of see it. Um, and it's just something that you could literally sit down with any dad too, for that matter. At the same time, it's kind of one's extra, like uh, multifaceted things. It could also be like you, like you said, you sit down with any kind of you know grumpy old man and sit there and watch. Uh, uh, who who is it? Walter Matthau? No, it's not Walter yeah. Matthau. Walter Matthau. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and I can't remember his his side buddy. It's you can sit that. You could literally watch that. I could watch that video with any grumpy old guy, and they would be all about that. Um, just grumpy, horny old men. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's exactly what it is. Um, but you can, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's just Jack, a, Jackie, Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. Jack yeah. Lemon, that's who it was. I knew they were like huge friends their entire life because they were an odd couple together, right? I, I think so, so. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. It's like I said, it's it's something that you kind of can reminisce about a little bit. You know, if you're if you're just sitting down with somebody, you know, and they could be like, "Hey, I saw this with my dad." You know, that's. And, and you can kind of just sit there and, and absorb it together, I guess. And then at mm. the end, you're just like, ah, that was that was that was fun, you know. And sometimes you're like, ah, that wasn't fun. <laughs> you can go that way too with it, you know. And it's still kind of a dad movie when if it's just so terrible, it's it's fun at the same mm -hmm. time. That's kind of how I always thought about those. But yeah, that's kind of what a, a dad movie is to me, essentially. I love asking this question because of the people that I've asked it to, I actually haven't gotten the same answer. Uh, from anyone, which is kind of amazing and makes me happy that we're doing this show because <laughs> at, at first blush, I think everyone says, oh, I know what a dad movie is. But the fact that everyone's answers are different speaks to like just how different our opinions are when we all think that we all have the same one. We clearly don't. <laughs> no, no. That's what makes what's what what's it's, it's, it's I, you know, I'm uh, kind of pulling my parent card out for a little bit. It's kind of like this book that I read my kid all the time. Uh, it's by Sesame Street. So you can have it's it's called We're All Different. We're All the Same. And that's, nice. but we're all wonderful. And it's, a, it's the same thing. So we're all, we're all, even though we're all guys and most of us are dads or parents, you know, 
we're all we all have different opinions, right? So it's mm-hmm. just kind of a it's that's like you're saying, it's like we all have a little bit of different opinion on what a dad movie is, but it's all kind of a little bit the same, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's Pretty there's much. definite seeds and and roots that we all share together in this giant tree of dad. Um, that was a terrible metaphor, but it, well, you know, it's, it's okay. There. Yeah, it's okay. Brother Dave, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Not Your Father's Movies. I'm Mike, and you are Dave. What's up, Dave? Yeah, brother Dave. Uh, brother Dave. In fact, yeah. We're uh, we're really excited that you're here to talk to us today. So, um, like I, I think I was explaining to you earlier, uh, we are we're recording some interviews for our anniversary episode that's coming up. We've been doing this for a year for some reason, and um, we wanted to talk to each of the guests that we've had on um, over the last year, some of the, our collaborators, um, to, uh, to let them have the stage a little bit more than than usual. So that's why, you know, I asked if you could join us. Do you have uh, any problems with that? Are you open to being interviewed? Yeah. I am honored. Yeah. And happy anniversary. Uh, Thank you. One, one year. Uh, it's been an honor to be part of the Not Your Father's uh, Movies podcast family. It, it is a privilege to be a part of our family. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I feel it. No, but it really has been wonderful to have you on. So I was trying to remember which ones you were on. I know I, I remember you were on for Nomadland and for um, for it, right? Did yeah, you those, on for another episode as well. Uh, no, those are the two. It okay. and Nomadland. It was the okay. first one I did, and then Nomadland was quite a bit later, like three yeah. or four months later, I think. Yeah, that's funny. We kind of had like a whole rash of like of of guests that were on for a while, and as we've gotten sort of busier mm-hmm. over the last, it's crazy. It seems just like you know, a year ago, it seemed like no one would ever do anything ever again. Right. And it was just like, we were just sitting around and like, let's make a podcast. Um, but yeah, as things yeah. got more and more busy, it, it's time's gone by. Yeah. Um, well, that was the time. That was the time to start. <laughs> the good old days. Yeah. But so I've got a few questions for you. All right. And, uh, Let's take them like in order. And I've also got a surprise question that I wasn't Ooh. supposed to text you beforehand. The gotcha question. All right. A gotcha question. Okay. Um, no new tax increases, right? <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about student loans? Um, no. Hate them. <laughs> Hate them. What is a dad movie to you? What does it mean for a movie to be a dad movie? I think there's kind of, there's, there's two kinds. I think there's um, two ways you can, you can look at it. I think a dad movie for one is, is literally one that is that you share with your dad, like in a, in a particular time and in place. And there's a sort of like generational transfer that goes on there. Like, you know, this is something that, you know, was informative for me and it's essential for you to see it. And I want to share that with you. And you actually experience that like in the moment. And then it's something that becomes part of you that, you know, not with all those movies, but with some movies you feel the need that, okay, I need to carry on this lineage and, and pass it down. Um, I think that's one way it can be. And another way, I think that a good, a true dad movie is one in which you get something important out of it as a kid, as the son or daughter who's experiencing with their dad, but that the movie is rich enough that when you're an adult, when you are a parent later and you watch it again with your son, you get something different or something more out of it. So there's enough in there that it kind of covers it covers the whole spectrum. 
And I feel like in movies I've watched with, the, with my dad, there's been that comment that, you know, sometimes it'll be like, oh, I didn't remember that to some risque scene. You know, there's something like, oh, now I, I see that that's uh, that's risque. But then there's other times, when, you know, when you watch it together and I feel like my dad got something new out of it, watching it 30 years later with his kid. And I think that's kind of the test because some of those movies, you know, he's shared and both of us agreed at the end, like, yeah, actually, that wasn't really that good. You know, like I remembered it being good, but it didn't hold up. But then others, you know, he would say, wow, that's, you know, better than I remember it. So I would say a true dad movie is one that still kind of st- uh, can uh, withstand that test of time, too. That's really cool. That's a really good. That makes me think of like classics, like the classics, right? Like in mm-hmm. general, are, are books that you like classic books or whatever books that you revisit, you know, 10 years down the line and, and there's something totally new and you're able to see it from a new point of view because you're older and you've had more life experience. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing, I guess, is what you're saying is that, is that a dad movie is one that, that does that where it, it's te- sort of teaching a new lesson or giving you a, a new view of life where it, it ages as you age, maybe something like that. Yeah. And it's one that's like, it's simple enough that you can get the, the main point of it as a kid, but then it's complex enough that even as an adult, you're still seeing further points that it's making that you don't, that you don't see for like, there's just more in there that you can get. Um, and I think if you watch it with your kid, yeah. there's, that's probably part of it too, because you're like always conscious of the fact that they're watching it too. And, and you're thinking about how they're reacting to it too. So that kind of puts it in an interesting space as well. This is incriminating. I want my dad to be able to listen to this. (laughs) Has your dad listened to it? He listened to the first one. Really? We did. Uh, Was that the Prestige? It was the um, La La Land. No, that was La La Land. Yeah, that's right. We did Prestige. Actually, I just realized we did did La La Land with you, and then Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates. Okay. The first one, which actually I just realized I never sent that to him, but we talked about because I I watched that movie with him for the first time so that's i'm gonna right. send it to him but he actually really liked the la la land that's awesome too. that's yeah. awesome which thanks uh thank him for listening to it yeah yeah it's, it's always good. love having listeners yeah all 2500 of them all all 25 million of them, oh maybe. of course we've got like half of... <laughs> <laughs> well 25 million listens like overall right oh no no individual no, users no, individual yeah subscribers 25 billion yeah, no, we've got 25 trillion, in fact. It's a multi-galactic. <laughs> it's a multi-galactic <laughs> podcast. We're beaming it out to... Did you watch The Expanse at all? I watched some of it a while back. Okay. I yeah. watched, like, through season three or whatever, okay. and that was the end of it, and now there's season six. Yeah, it's got... It, it, that was definitely the best part of it. Like, the first three seasons were the okay. best, because it was, like, kind of that continual storyline. Um, there's some good stuff after that, though. Yeah? And I've, I've heard that it's the weird instance in which the show is actually better than the books. Okay. I kind of want to read the books. There's like a billion of them though. Yeah. They're all yeah. super long. But um, yeah, Joe Thompson was telling me that. Oh really? They, okay. That the books are fine, but yeah. the, the show is better because what else have we talked about with like that? Um, no country for old men is the other instance. In yeah. Which the book is good. I mean, it's worth reading, mm-hmm. but it's uh, Cormac McCarthy. I guess the road did not really lend itself. Well, towards did did you see that movie i didn't but i've heard that it's not good i i started watching it no i i told you that right like so i start so i started watching it and um 
but it was like the IMDb TV. So it was like oh, broken yeah. up with commercials yep, yep. and like, like, so it was a super dark movie. And then the commercials were like <laughs> M&Ms, like yellow, just like bright yellow, bright, like Target, bright red. It's like um, all of capitalism <laughs> just like infused into a world without any kind of structure. Yeah. And, and like, the, they're not like the ads are just like, they go at minute 15, minute 30, minute 45. So in the middle. So it's in the middle of like a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> like, Son, we must target. <laughs> the guy really like grabs the, the son yeah. and is like, now I've got a knife to your throat. And it's like, for your pet yeah. deserves the best food. Yeah. No kibble for them. <laughs> Just have them eat this salmon caught fresh from Alaska. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's very jarring. Well, and, so, and like the book is so much of it occurs in the dark too like yeah. the pitch black and yeah. how do you make a movie in the pitch black it's so much it's so much introspective and just like an inner monologue about yeah. what is the meaning of life which is makes for i mean we have fantastic oh, yeah. conversations about it but it's just it's tough with those sorts of introspective books to have them portrayed well on screen so here why don't we so perfect, so let's 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 jump into these questions that i have i think that's a really great um great start yeah um but chris i just want to say thank you so much for joining me today and for for coming on for coming on in the past and in the future um thank you guys soon in the future, hopefully. start into podcasting. yeah and, yeah and it's been a pleasure it's been really nice it's been an honor for me to be a part of it and i always will answer the bell whenever you guys need it, it has been an honor for you absolutely yes. Honor's been all yours. <laughs> why, why would I? Honor's been ours as well. Yeah. Um, no, I, I wanted to talk to you. We've got some stuff coming up that I wanted to see if you would join us for. Awesome. But um, what we're what I wanted to uh, what we wanted to talk to you today about is um, uh, we've got our anniversary episode coming. Yay! up. It's coming up here. Happy I, birthday! <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That's copyrighted, apparently. So yes. you can't I thought it just it. got released into, Did it? into public domain. Really? Like there was somebody went to bat for it, or they were like said this day in the year nineteen nineteen, and now a hundred years have passed. That's amazing. So okay, we won't, I won't sing anymore. But well, okay, then, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> okay. Well, um, uh, for our anniversary episode, we're we're going around. We're um, we're talking to all of our collaborators over the past awesome. year, and just wanting to to chat with them and to kind of put the spotlight on you um, a little bit more Aww. and to, to, you know, we've shown our own flaws to the world yeah. for the last, oh, yeah. for the last year. We want yeah. to make sure that you have your time. In the yes. I'm There's kidding. not enough time when we're talking about a movie to share my flaws. <laughs> so what would you say your deepest flaw is Chris? My deepest flaw is um, how secure I am. <laughs> um, it's really difficult. I work too hard. It's like I everyone tells me much. I care too much. I, I'm a perfectionist. Actually, now we're getting into things that might actually be. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my biggest flaw is not watching enough movies uh, until well, I have to do a podcast. Well, there we go. I guess you got to do some more podcasts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but so I, I've got a few questions sure. here for you um, that, that I want to ask. I, what is a dad movie? Yeah. Like, what does that mean to you? It, that's, it's a, such a good question because I was thinking about just the two episodes that I was on were such so different. Yeah, um, and this kind of will get into why why I, why I love the podcast and I love mm. the idea of the podcast in general. But we because we were talking about La La Land and our conversation about La La Land was very like we delved into the characters, we dove into relationships, we talked about it as if it was a piece of literature, which it which it was in a lot of ways. And at the end, I was like, "Yeah, this is a this is a dad movie," and then 
we did Pirates of the Caribbean. I was like, yeah, this is also a dad movie. Wait, this is so different. Like, how how do we meld this concept of dad movie into something that encompasses a whole encompasses a whole lot of things? I know you guys have talked about this a lot too. Yeah. Um, well, we're 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 trying to figure it out ourselves. Yeah, like we feel it, but, but yeah, you know, just if if you feel it, it's got to be something exactly. Find, and just right? hammering down the definition yeah. or the ethos, if you will. One of the things that I was thinking about with this is that it seems like a dad movie is an excellent opportunity of like it's a teaching moment. It's a way to engage with a a piece of culture at a period in history and engage with your children, engage with your father, engage with your parents, engage with culture in general at large in loving characters and loving a plot in, uh, in being able to learn lessons from things. And so I think part of the reason why I love what you guys, the way that you guys talk about movies and the way that you engage with them is because you, you treat it as if it's a serious thing and it is a serious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I also love literature and why I think of movies as, as, as a part of literature, as a part of that subset of literature. So when, when I'm thinking about what it means for, for it to be a dad movie, it's something that you can experience together with, with your children. And sometimes it can be like a, uh, uh, an engagement with catharsis, an engagement with uh, how do you understand emotions and, and the understanding that the world has things that might be sad, but also might be beautiful because they are sad. And at the other times it might just be, Hey, here's a whole bunch of pirates and dead walking on the bottom of the sea that are skeletons. And, and Disney like, made it because they had a ride and they thought, exactly. Hey, I'm make a million bucks off of it. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I did just read this to our episode. I was like, that was really fun. Like, we were just like, how did, how did that happen? Yeah. Like, Dead men tell no tales. Um, but yeah, like I just, because uh, I was thinking about, What's a good movie experience I've had with my children lately? And we just randomly you know, do movie nights with the kids mm-hmm. occasionally on the yeah. weekends. And we watched, and I'm blanking on, this might be the wrong name for it, but it's like Raya and the Last Dragon Oh, or yeah, yeah. And How was that? It was actually pretty good. Really? I had almost zero desire to watch it when yeah. it first came out. Because I'm like, okay, like this just kind of looks um, cheesy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Maybe we'll get around to it at some point. But... I didn't watch it when I was a kid. How could it be yeah, any good? Exactly, exactly. Like, my dad didn't show me. Yeah. So. But I, I, kids' movies stopped when I turned 10. Yeah. That's true. Oh, my gosh. 19, 2000, 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's when Phantom Menace <laughs> came out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but I saw, my, I saw my daughter at the end. There was actually, like, a moment of catharsis. Really? And it, as in, like, she actually was worried about what was going to happen in a way that was like she was engaged with the plot it wasn't scary it was just like wait what what just happened and i was like oh gosh this is a really awesome opportunity to explain as a father because i was just watching it for the first time too yeah right i didn't i didn't vet it beforehand but i think that i will i will be happy for her having seen that movie just for the lessons that it teaches and you know we as fathers are trying to teach lessons and set our children up with habits and skills and just the ability to interact with the world around them. And yet to pretend that we have all the answers is a fruitless thing. 
And so we, we turn to, you know, our community in general and our culture in, in some ways, and also people that make great art and write great literature and create great movies in order to help us teach lessons, both for better and for worse, because you're broadening your experiences when you're reading a book or watching a movie. And you can read a movie and come away with something where you're like, I would not, I don't like that. I don't want that to be a part of my life, but I engaged with it and I'm able to actually see it as a thing that is good and or bad. And I think that that is really, I look at dad movies as, as an opportunity. Yeah. And so it can't just be in my mind, just a passive thing. There are some movies that I'm sure are going to be just easy yeah. where you just pop it on and it's like, Oh, we just get to veg out and like hang out. Yeah. With this. There's some that are like just yeah. cool. Like Armageddon. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's a lesson. I mean, sure. There might yeah, be a lesson yeah. there. You but can dig really deep. Yeah. yeah. Or not deep. Don't not dig deep, deep at no. all. Um, but, yeah. but, uh, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you'd and, say that that's a dad movie, right? I, I would say that's a dad yeah. movie and, and just but the same also, way that yeah. you can go to a park and just like, yeah. like run down a hill with your kids <laughs> and like, what's the deeper lesson there? Maybe nothing. Like my son, Joe is just like, daddy, want to roll? And I'm like, sure. I want to roll. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. Yeah, a long time. Roll down a hill. It's so good. That's awesome. But it, it's opportunities come in so many ways. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think there's one thing, something super beautiful about the idea of a, of a dad movie as just an opportunity to, to just have a conversation and the conversation could be as simple as how awesome was that yeah or as deep as like did they have a healthy relationship was that a good relationship yeah. I don't know. is this how people should be acting towards yeah. each other yeah yeah but this is the interview with max agros our composer who did our original theme that went for 20 some episodes before it was remixed so uh, I'd like to introduce for our interview subject here for our Not Your Father's Movies Anniversary episode, our composer, principal, and OG, Max Agros. Max, how are you? I'm doing great, folks. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's good to finally do this. We've been talking about it for months, so thanks, Vito. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the show is fantastic. I, the, the second you called me up that one day, I think way back when, uh, last summer, I think you were already thinking yeah. about it. Um, I thought it was a fantastic idea. You know, I just graduated from business school. So I turn, I, I, I tend to think of things in terms of business somewhat now. And, uh, looking back, I just think, yeah, there's, there's a market for this. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you have all these people that are obsessed with the latest movie, the latest Marvel movie. Um, you know, all this, what I would call kind of fast food entertainment. It's not an evil thing. It's not bad, but, um, it's, it's, it's consumable, easily consumable and digestible. Yes. Yeah. And, and, um, I think a lot of the time, whether you're talking about old school Disney movies or, uh, some of more contemporary things like, uh, parts of the Caribbean, I know you guys are, when you're talking about those kind of, uh, from the mid to late 20th century to, um, early two thousands, Disney, that's kind of a classic era. Mm -hmm. Everybody likes them, but people don't tend to talk about them very much. Mm -hmm. um, and I think people want to talk about them. There's a lot to say. Uh, they've had a tremendous impact on American culture for better and for worse. So that being said, I think the, the, the very premise of the show is just solid. It's a very, very solid premise. And I think it will 
continue to rise in popularity. Thank you. I, I, I hope as listeners uh, hear this, that it's going all across the nation. <laughs> yeah. So when, when I did tell you the premise of the show, you know, we do, we do try not to think too hard in business terms, but even thinking in business terms, you know, when you want, when you make anything, you want to make sure it's going to be something that people will like, mm-hmm. you know, that someone beyond the immediate friend group will want to hear. And um, some of the response we've gotten across the internet has been really kind of inspiring with not only all of our collaborators who we have um, done episodes with, who have their own shows, but just our friends that wanted to talk about movies and specific ones, even ones that we asked them like, Hey, have you watched this? And they go, no, but I'll watch it. And they do. And then they come on and we have, we have fantastic discussions. It's just like, um, you know, you and I, we went to the, the same school at, you know, at different times, but it's the same stuff that we would always do. Right. Right. You'd always leave the movie theater, go outside and just talk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you need some kind of outlet, uh, but that's not really enough. You can't just go out, watch a movie and get drunk after or whatever people would do. It's much, much better. Just kind of uh, with friends sort of collectively experience something and talk about it. Even if it's bad, it's just a great way of, um, uh, well, I would say bonding. It's, yeah. Uh, movies are just a great bonding touchstone. One movie that comes to mind uh, that kind of fits into that phenomenon you're talking about is No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really big deal for my dad's generation. So uh, Gen X, I, I don't remember the precise year when it came out. I would guess 2007. early 2000. Okay. 2007, mid 2000s. Um, you know, I was, let's see, I was only 11 years old when that came out. All my friends were just 11. Wasn't really a movie that, um, 11 year olds are clamoring to see or know about very well or even allowed to see, yeah. even if we wanted to, I had never heard of it until I think I was in college. Um, yeah, but the funny thing is growing up. So actually I had heard about it. I, now that I remember I, when it came out, I had heard my, um, my uncles during family meeting, you know, family gatherings, uh, dinners and whatnot, especially over holidays. Uh, I remember that year, my dad and all of his brothers, my uncles were, were raving about this movie. Um, and being that young, I, you know, obviously I hadn't seen it, but that stuck in my memory. And the first time I saw it, I believe was right before I went to college with my dad. Mm. And um, I could tell by even the cinematography that it was kind of from a different era of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's not super old, but it's old enough mm-hmm. that I just, I recognized it as something, though it is contemporary, it's still, it's in a different scene somehow. Well, talking again about, um, about generations, right? So this is 2007, the big, the big movie year of our lives, 2007. Yeah. That's when just about every, everything that you know, that pop culture knows sort of began. Mm-hmm. Um, it was this huge explosion of, of creativity and energy. Um, a lot of stuff was on the precipice of breaking into something more. That's uh, we talk about. That's the the year of threes. There's in the month of May, Pirates three, Shrek three, and Spider Man three all come out mm-hmm. within a week of each other. And the beginning of threes with uh, Batman. Batman Begins, I guess, is two thousand five, two thousand six, and then Dark Knight is eight. No, no, you're right. No, it is eight, five. You're right. Uh, yeah. Um, but then Dark Knight is the year following with Iron Man. Right. But then this year Which is also was another year of, like with threes. Yeah. yeah. But this year is also the the uh, start of Transformers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. So much of what we know is starts here, but talking about the generational gap is, so we have the Coen brothers making this movie 
Um, they start in the late eighties and essentially rule indie cinema with Tarantino and from a small part, you know, people like Sam Raimi, um, Guy Ritchie gets a start in the late nineties. Uh, we have uh, David Fincher as well. This, this, these Gen Xers slash boomers kind of coming in and really running the cultural showcase for a long time uh, until, you know, we are all kind of of oppression age and we see this work. And like you're saying, I also, for the first time I see no country, I was, I was a little shocked. Yeah. This is not yeah. the thing I'm used to seeing as a kid. Right. Um, again, well, there, there I, I saw it when massive, I was in college too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was basically in college when I saw it. And, uh, you know, I was too young, um, post nine 11 to really understand where the United States was on a kind of a mass psychological level. I think this country really radically changed from 2001 and onward. It's just, yeah. it, it, we're not the country we're in the nineties, but I was too young to really see that transformation happening. And the movies that came out, I think kind of fit the mood a lot. Sure. You had your fun movies. You always have your fun movies, but uh, no country for old men in particular really fits post nine 11 America. It's very nihilistic. It's very dark. I'm not sure how popular it would have been in, you know, the mid nineties when, you know, it's all champagne and the stock market mm-hmm. and it's the end of history and we're all going to be millionaires and stuff well, like that. Cause all, all the nihilism there was, it, it was so flashy. It yes. was so fun. Yeah. 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 And, and this is, this is something a lot like speaking of, of where this fits in a time, you know, every movie that comes out is obviously a product of its time, but I was trying to think of um, this. So this year, uh, what's it? Those who wish me dead um, written and directed by Taylor Sheridan comes out starring Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. And this is like a very much a throwback to nineties thrillers. And we have all these different characters running around doing different things. And it's funny that I can say that this movie is a throwback to nineties thrillers. And it's the first time I've, I've been able to say that in my life <laughs> that we, we've come kind of a, a full circle. Now we're appreciating things that came out um, only 20 years ago. And it's speaking of no country for old men, speaking about it being almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm, if that came out this year, it would be ignored. I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, no country for old men coming out in 2021. How passe can you get? Yeah. <laughs> That's it, it's been done to death since then, but when it came out, it was a representation of what America was kind of quickly becoming, which is this very culturally confused um, nation at war mm-hmm. and seemingly perpetual war. And right before uh, the uh, stock market crash of two thousand eight, you know, which mm-hmm. which was kind of the final nail in the uh, nail in the hammer. Uh, sorry, nail in the coffin. <laughs> Uh, to really cement this kind of what I would call uh, American, great American confusion or American nihilism. Anyways, I don't really know where I was going with that, but with old country for old men or no country for old men, it's, it's a representation of an America that we lived in, but we were too young to see as it really was, which was this kind of transformative era. And the really cool thing about movies that are, in that era is you go back and watch them and you kind of learn what that time was like, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're around to see it, you didn't, you didn't really see it. You, you going back to these movies, you really see what people were thinking in, in a, in a way, in a sense. Feeling. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what the, feeling, feeling especially, especially with this winning, you know, best picture, it's clear that this, this mood 
this sort of meditative piece upon again passing away of generations yeah um and then confusion about where things are going next is on the minds of a lot of people yeah in such a way that it was awarded the highest prize that we have in America to to give a film right um and of course you can say whatever you want to and rightly so about the um necessity accuracy i don't know um what's the word you can talk a long time about the fallibility of the oscars and right. its usefulness as a barometer in society uh <laughs> yeah and you'd be right in all those criticisms but it does still stand as the ultimate metric it's the biggest prize you right. know right politicking both aside and included yes so with no country for old men though i did want to ask um what is a dad movie to you that's that's a tricky question. It's kind of it. It's almost like asking, "What does it mean to be a father?" <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, since I'm not a father uh, yet, uh, at least not as far as I'm aware. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> of course, no, um, no. But uh, since I'm not, since I don't know what it means to be a father, it's kind of hard to uh, at least very accurately say what a dad movie is. Uh, I would almost prefer to answer that question as a dad, maybe 20 years from now, where the movies that are coming out now, or maybe even five years ago, uh, will be then considered dad movies. But, you know, that's the lame answer. So I think what I will say... Yeah, we we prefer definitive statements. (laughs) Yes, of course. Uh, So definitive statement. What I will say is that uh, a dad movie to me is... One, it's a movie that says something not not fundamental about becoming a man, but more becoming a person. Because you have you will have movies that are focused more on uh, you know the nature of women. Mm-hmm. I can't wait until we do more. <laughs> exactly, and we will. But that that's kind of what I would say. Is a dad movie is one that it has some kind of narrative about becoming a whole person. Mm. I think that lends itself to dads watching classic movies with their kids, especially even something like the Lion King, you know, mm-hmm. something that simple and, um, you know, for younger people, a, a movie purely about nihilism, purely about violence. I wouldn't necessarily say they're dad movies. I wouldn't say Reservoir Dogs is a dad movie. I wouldn't say The Sopranos is a dad show. Mm-hmm. Um, those are different beasts, but things like The Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. definitely a dad movie. You know, say what you will about them. I, I think they're great movies, but I remember when I was young, I think it was the third movie I, I had ever watched in theaters. It was me and my dad. We went to go see Fellowship of the Ring when it came out in... 2001. It, it was 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was only about six years old. and. Um, and previous to the release of that film, my father had made sure that we had read through the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. Wow. Uh, he read them to me. Uh, That's a young age. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, st- I still remember it, though. Uh, I remember being shocked by all the little twists and turns and stuff. You know, I remember being very bored by the um, seemingly endless... Um, time that the fellowship spends in Rivendell. <laughs> it's in the, very boring as a child. <laughs> it's very, very boring. Um, but, uh, and, and it's very long, but you know, we, we moved on and we kept reading and I, I eventually just 
became captivated by the story itself. And since it was read to be read to me by my father, I just thought this is this is a thing between us. This isn't shared with anyone else, you know. So it was very formative to to my personality, I would say. And then the movie comes out, and I was thrilled <laughs> as a as a six year old. I, I couldn't believe they were making a movie about this incredibly intricate and detailed story. Mm-hmm. Uh, even back then, I just thought, you know, gosh, how how is this possible? They're, <laughs> they're making a. I love movies, but how can they capture something like this? Mm-hmm. Something that is only between me and my dad. How could they do this, right? So I was a little, I didn't feel negatively about it as a little kid, but I was just very kind of confused. You know, how, how could they actually do something like this? And, you know, eventually I think it's around Christmas time. We go out to this um, big theater in Waterbury, Connecticut, terrible town. I don't recommend visiting, <laughs> uh, but that's where I grew up. And so we go to see this, to see this movie and I see Frodo all of a sudden, who as a little kid, I kind of identified with, you know, he's a hobbit. Um, as a, as a little kid, I also identified, uh, characters like Gandalf and Aragorn with my father. And all of a sudden it's like us in the movie. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Um, and the Lord of the Rings, not to get too into Lord of the Rings itself, but I would say that a uh, core aspect of the trilogy, both in the books, well, especially the books, but also the movies is the development of Frodo as a young adult becoming as kind of a, a lesser person, a hobbit, they're lesser people, you know. They're little people. They're little people. They're they're kind they're, of they're, they're kind of ignored in, in the scope of history. They talk they're about outside that. of history, yeah, yeah, exactly. So this this character from backwoods nowhere with their own little weird culture um becomes well, I'm not gonna say a man, but you know, he kind of becomes a man. And not just a man, he actually becomes a hero. Mm-hmm. He becomes a total hero. Uh, and a, and a full person by the end of the, by the end of the trilogy, that is, in my opinion, just a classic example of what a dad movie is Mm. becoming, becoming through adversity and through growth, becoming, becoming a hero. And I think we're all called to be heroes on some level. All right, so I'm sitting here talking to the uh, Baby Daddy Award nominee. Winner? Winner? Are you winner? winner? I'm the only nominee. That's true. You are. And I guess by default, the winner. Uh, Because you were on the Baby Driver episode, right? I was. And I made a a bad dad joke. Bad dad joke. awarded the Baby Daddy Award. It follows you around. Very unfortunate. Oh, I like it. <laughs> but we're here with Dom, uh, who has been on the Baby Driver episode, the uh, annual Oscars episode, and also on the Army of the Dead episode. Before he departed to go actually work in movies in yes. Georgia. And I guess to start, Dom, when you think about Not Your Father's Movies podcast, when you think about everything that you've heard, you know... What did you think that you were going to be walking into and what did you actually receive? You mean like as a, as a guest? I mean, as a listener, as a like listener. when, okay, when, yeah. when you first encounter the show and you're listening to some of the episodes, um, what did you think you were going to hear? And then, you know, did the show sort of live up to those expectations or was there something different that happened? Well, I knew that, well, yeah. So I knew that it would be fun because I know you 
pretty darn well. Yeah. And I had met Mike a couple times. Mm -hmm. Didn't know Jesse, but I figured it'll be fun. Yeah. It's got to be fun. Um, I don't think I've ever really thought about the concept of a dad movie before you mentioned the premise of the, of the show. Um, so I was curious and excited. And the fun part, of course, you lived up to my expectations and <laughs> often exceeded them. Um, the show quickly became part of my weekly routine. Um, and I have been thinking more about what a dad movie is. And now I'm thinking about what my dad movies are or what they, what they have been with my dad and what they will be with mm-hmm. my kids mm-hmm. eventually. So thank you for that. I, oh. that's actually a thing that I had, I guess I probably thought about it, but not given it a name. Oh. So it was good to get that. And I just love hanging out with you guys virtually yeah. while listening to the show every week. It's been really, really enjoyable part of the last year. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's um, we wanted to make sure that it always felt like our listeners could be a part of the show. Um, but even more than that, you know, you are a dear friend, uh, a close family friend, and it was a pleasure to, to have you on uh, as many times as we could, which is what we did try to do because you were, you were local. Um, and because you just had this enthusiasm, I mean, you were going off to, to make some movies of your own. Would, would you like to talk about that at all? Yeah, like, totally. What's, what's your next step? Yeah, of course. So I will be moving to Atlanta in a couple of days as of this recording. Um, and I'll be living with a family that the son is a classmate of mine and a very good friend, uh, Jacob. And the father of that family has been working in the film industry for decades now. Yeah. He's a dolly grip, which means he pushes the camera. It I, is a I, smooth, see, yeah. I see his credits on Godzilla from yeah. 1998, which yep. is like one of the earliest memories I have. Yeah. But, um, you know, the dolly grip pushes the camera if it's like a smooth tracking shot along the hallway. Uh, he worked on every season of Passive Cards, which is known for its tracking shots. Very much. That's him. Uh, he describes his job as he's at the bottom of the totem pole, but he's the top of his section. That makes so sense. So he knows everyone. He's friends with everyone. He has a great professional reputation. And he and his wife have been helping kids like me for years now get their way into the film industry. So he and uh, so myself and his son, Jacob, are going to be interning on hopefully on something that he's working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, he'll be able to help us find something and you got to start somewhere. So I'll be interning and hopefully be finding consistent work in Atlanta. That would be really cool. Um, you know, we wish you all the best of, of success, I guess. Um, a question that I would have for you, is there a, a dream auteur or is there a dream show is there a dream movie that you would like to be a part of Hmm. i mean imagined or real yeah um i'm not a huge tv guy so i don't think there's a there's a show but i would love absolutely love to work with christopher nolan or denny villeneuve they're my two favorite directors they're my idols i've been following them pretty closely for the last five or ten years um i would just like to be in a room with either of them and just talk to them yeah. and see how it happens yeah. and hopefully learn from them. And I'm the dream is to start out writing and then eventually get into directing. If the writing works out, nice. Uh, if the writing doesn't work out, I'll be a, 
production assistant, camera assistant, dolly grip, whatever. I'm happy to do whatever, but I would love to be up there someday with them. Nice. I, from the stuff that I've seen from you and from hearing the, the fire of your inspiration, the, the excitement of your talent, I think that you have a, a long way to go. Um, so in a lot of ways, I feel, I feel very excited, um, that yeah, you would excited. want to talk and that you're embarking on this, this next phase of your journey. And I, I hope that we can, as a podcast, sort of like check in on you and, yeah. and just see how you're doing. Totally. That'd be really good. Yeah. I'm a little scared, but as, uh, Ryan Gosling put it, it's very, very exciting. It's just, it's just so, it's just very exciting. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I guess I would ask you, you know, having listened to our show, uh, what's a dad movie for you? So for me, and this is stuff that I've thought about, but mostly what I've gotten from you guys, uh, there are two components and they could both be there or just one. Um, there's a component that's future and a component that's past. The future component is what do I want to show to my kids? What I want to watch with them and, you know, help to guide them through their cinematic experiences going forward. Uh, and then the past is what was that like for me growing up? So what did I watch with my dad? What was he excited to show me or what were we excited to find together? So it could be both or it could be just one. There are, you know, new, new dad movies that hopefully we'll stand the test of time that I'm seeing, you know, this year, last year. Sure. Yeah. Army of the dead. Is that, is that one of those ones? Absolutely not. <laughs> good, good to hear it's remaining strong. But I, I did just see one today that hopefully will be one. It's the quiet place part two. So that's what our kids are going to associate with me, but what are our kids going to associate with you? Oh, that's hard because I, all the movies that I love are heart-wrenching and highly inappropriate for small, sensitive children. Um, <laughs> I think that I love it if our kids associated Little Women with me. I don't know which one. I actually really liked the new one, but the older one is really good, too. Or not both. Or both. doesn't matter. Because um, I really admire their mother, Marmy, in that show, not in that show, in that movie, and in the book. And there's a particular point that really stuck out to me as a mother, where Joe realizes that her mom has just as quick of a temper as she does. And she got to be like, I don't know, 16 years old or something without ever seeing her mom lose her temper. And at one point, she says, uh, "Marmy, when you purse your lips and leave the room, does that mean that you're ang like you're angry and you're trying to control?" And she says, "Yes." So Joe just realizes that her mother has the same flaws and struggles that she does. She just has learned to master them, and I guess that really, really affected me because I realized that that's what I should be doing: is modeling to my children how to master my weaknesses and my flaws um, because who better to learn that from than your mother or your father and so um, yeah it was pretty formative for me um, and it's just a beautiful story so it'd be cool if they associated that with me cool any others 
I don't know, musicals, because I love them, and I've already introduced our kids to many of their soundtracks. Which ones? <laughs> Besides Les Mis. Uh, well, there's Wicked, there's Hamilton, there's... I feel like I've done Rent, at least some songs from it. Rent? You yeah. showed our kids Rent? No, 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 I didn't show it to them. I turned on some of the music from it. I don't remember that being kid-appropriate. Oh, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you show it to them? I didn't show it to them. The musical's not kid-appropriate, but the music's fun. And not some of it's fine. Don't worry, I put filters on it. Hmm, what else? Possibly Phantom of the Opera? That one's innocent enough. Unless you listen really closely to a couple of the songs but they're not doing that anyway or you know see um, what's going on with the again guy haven't on a have not shown these things to them just the music does he impregnate her no oh in the sequel there's not a sequel there's I'm a sequel there's a sequel to phantom of the opera are you being facetious no there is a real sequel to phantom of the opera and she's pregnant with his child oh my god or has had his trial for years or something like that. I don't know. Well then. Nope. Haven't gone in that direction. Anyway, I love musicals so much and um, I think it would be fun if the kids looked back and had some fond memories of being introduced to that sort of music and just fullness of life and energy um, and just storytelling in that manner. So, uh, yeah, that would be really great. Let's talk about the future, because you don't you don't have kids. Eventually, one day you won't have kids. Yeah. So, when your kids grow up and are also talking about dad movies and what they watch <laughs> with their dad, what movies do you want them to associate that with you? That's tricky because because, like you said, I don't have kids yet, and I've heard you guys talk about talking about the idea that. You don't want your kids to know you the way a friend knows you. Maybe there's sort of naturally a little bit of separation between you and your kids. A separation of authority, a separation of sort of a little bit of distance. That your kids experience you through the role of their parent. Yeah. And it's very defined in that way. Not having kids and not having put too much thought into those dynamics and that relationship... My, my gut reaction, just thinking about like what, what kind of movies do I want other people to know me as, it seems like that's a different answer than what, what movies do I want my kids to associate with me. So I don't know, maybe for me it's the same answer right now, and maybe that answer is kind of pretentious, but <laughs> it's that I would like to be known, known uh, for obscure awesome movies. All right, like what? Like... One of, my favorite, one of my favorite movies I've watched this year is called Memories of Murder. It's by uh, Bong Joon-ho. Okay. Uh, it's a great Korean movie. It's based on a true story about this serial killer in, like, rural Korea. Uh, okay. And it stars, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's the, he's the actor who plays the father in Parasite. This is Vito jumping in here real quick to say the actor is Song Kang-ho. Sorry, I just, uh, I had to jump in and say that. I had to. Couldn't stop myself. Yeah, it's just a great movie that... Seems like only film buffs know about, or Bon Joon Ho fans know about. 
That that's true because I have not watched or I think I've heard about it, but mm-hmm. have not seen it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Is that your top movie of the year? It's not my top movie of the year. Uh, I don't think it's the best movie I've seen this year, but it's one of one of my favorites that I've seen this year. Okay. Um, it's funny that it's not your favorite, but that's a movie you call out to see what your kids are associated with you. Well, I mean, I guess you, you're, I'm talking about obscure movies. So that's the obscure movie that came to mind this year. But I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, thinking about what movies do I want my kids to associate with me. Uh, it seems like there's some universals that everyone wants, at least every dad wants. Like, I think every dad wants their kids to associate them with The Godfather. That's true. It's the just Godfather. a timeless classic. It's, there's so much there. So I think, yeah, so maybe it's a two-part answer for me. One part is, and maybe this is my ego or something, that, like, me priding myself as a cinephile, <laughs> that I want to be known for obscure movies. But the more general universal answer is the classics. Godfather. Yeah. You know, those movies. What movie will you associate with your father? Um... That one's obvious to me. It's, it's Shawshank Redemption. That's one of my oh, dad's wow. favorite movies. Um, for I don't know. I think it was Christmas two years ago. They had, no three years ago. They had, they they got a new house and that the house a little bit bigger and it had a theater room in it. So for Christmas, I got uh, my mom a poster, a framed poster of the um, the Purple Rain. Um, a framed poster of the poster or whatever but yeah she, she's a she's a prince fan so i got her purple rain and i framed it the poster and i framed it in the glass frame and all that and for him i got shawshank redemption i got i bought the poster on ebay and i put it in a big frame because that's one of his favorite movies you know and so if i anytime i watch that you know it just reminds me of him because i know he liked it and you know it's the type of slow meandering type you know it's a dad movie to me classic know, that and uh green mile as well just because oh classic he, he that's what he he physically looks kind of like michael clark dunton duncan and like when when michael clark dunton when michael clark duncan died that like i don't know it like oh. yeah it it's one of those, like, you know, when we talk about celebrity deaths, that one, I, I literally text my mom when I find out he died. And I was like, just make sure he, he eats healthy. <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> it was like Michael Clark Duffin has zero physically in common with my dad, you know, but just like finding out Michael Clark Duncan was not invincible. It just shook me. And I was like, just, you know, yeah. make sure, make sure he exercises. Cause <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I could handle just finding out my dad died, you know? So, so yeah, between, um, Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile, both of those are just kind of moving to just, they evoke my dad in my head space. Yeah. That, that, those are great answers. It's, it's amazing that we got Stephen King who can do stuff like it. And then he can pull off this one, two punch of just these, like just these short stories. And you go like, Oh my gosh. Like I feel, I I feel the trembling at the edges of my soul. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a great answer. Um, What movie then would you want your kids to associate with you? So this one I struggled on a bit because there are there are lots of you know I've got a you know a collection of movies that I consider my favorite movies you know the movies that I identify myself with but excuse me um, but a movie that I, I want my kids to associate with me like um, like I've seen with when Harry Met Sally X amount of times I just 
you know, that, that, you know, um, it's not because it's uh, New Year's Eve. I mean, it's not because I'm lonely. It's not because it's New Year's Eve. I'm here because when you want to realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the, the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. I've I watched that scene so many times because it's just, it's one of those type of movies, but I don't, like, I don't want my kids to watch that and think of that. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not, you know. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, it, for me, it's the fifth element. Because that's wow for the, for the longest yeah for the longest time when somebody asked me what my favorite movie was that was my go to because I've seen that movie probably more times than I've seen any other one because you know this was back in the era when TV came on TV you know when you flip through the channels and it would just be on you know so kids these days you don't understand what that concept is you know but that's what TV was like you just you have to watch what was on TV <laughs> you know and, and Fifth Element came on TV a lot and I, I would always watch it because no matter when you came in something was interesting was happening so Luke, Luke Passan you know he, he's very hit or miss and mostly miss these days yeah but Fifth Element hit and it hit hard and knocked it out of the park and that just that's one of the ones where I want to watch that with my kids I want to watch it multiple times it's there's not I mean there's the briefest you know the, the briefest bit of nudity i know because i've done the science on it i've, I've done the freeze frame there's the briefest <laughs> bit, bit of nudity in it but it's like there's not gratuity uh not gratuitous sex there's not you know I mean, there's a whole lot of violence but it's not gory it's not the raid you know it's not yeah it's you know it's just an action fun movie you know and so that's the kind of thing i want to watch i can watch that with my kids without you know uh covering their eyes at certain parts or feeling you know, icky about something happening, you know, that's the kind of movie I can watch time and time again. It was one of my favorite movies growing up. And that's the kind of thing I can pass down to my kids. And, you know, they may like it, they may not, but it's like, oh my gosh, Fifth Element, that was my dad's favorite movie. Uh, that, that's that's the kind of vibe I want to evoke, you know? Yeah. Nice. That, no, that's a really good answer. I, I remember too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you, but I had- uh, Oh, thanks uh, for throwing it out there. Thanks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just a little bit younger than you. No, I say that kind of in a derogatory way. Old, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got in in the last bit of the era of the whatever's on cable you're watching. And mm. I, I remember I had, I had HBO in, at my father's house and the fifth element would come on a lot. Um, I remember Bandits with Bruce Willis mm. and Billy Bob yeah. Thornton came on a ton. Um, <laughs> but like these are movies that I've now seen you know, like 30, 40 times because you turn on the TV and you're like, oh, there it is. Okay, I guess I'm watching Bandits. Like, <laughs> this isn't a very good movie, but The Fifth Element's a lot different. I actually remember, um, I remember owning that on Blu-ray when I was a when I was in high school. Um, great movie, yeah. yeah. Saturday afternoon favorite, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's just, I can, you drop me into any portion of that movie, I can quote it, I know what's going on, and it's just, I can watch for 15 minutes and walk away and not feel sad because, I know what's going to happen next because I've seen it so many times. It's just one of those, it's entertaining to watch, even though you know what's going to happen. It's funny. It's like, that's like I said, when people ask me my favorite, that was one of my go-tos because yeah. I can, I've seen it so many times and I can watch it so many more without feeling, you know, there's some movies that even though you enjoy them, you don't really necessarily want to watch them again and again, but Fifth Element, yeah. it's just, I you can pop that down anytime and I, I'm good to watch it because it's just, it's one of those type of movies. So, so you might be biased, but I do have an additional question here for you because I just thought of it. Um, is Gary Oldman crazier in this movie, The Fifth Element, or Leon the Professional? Well, he wasn't crazy in The Fifth Element. He was. <laughs> I mean, he the was, haircut. I don't know that haircut. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's dope. You know, so that's I, I love the the, the 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 character design. But yeah, he um he was um like a 
uh, a villain, you know, he, he was a superhero villain before superhero villains, you know, mm. he didn't have superpowers, but he was just like, he dressed wild and he had a master evil villain plan. And then he got his comeuppance at the end. So I don't, I wouldn't call him crazy. I call him, you know, a villain. Nice. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Good, good sidestep. Awesome. <laughs> I, I can, I've loved Gary Oldman movies forever because of, you know, he, he can do this and Tinker Taylor Soldier Spice. Like what? Like, this guy's got range. <laughs> yeah, he can do anything. Yeah. He yeah. is Winston Churchill and also the drug dealer with dreads from True Romance. <laughs> yeah. Does he have any Oscars? If he doesn't, think, give him some. I think he's only... did No, he, he's got the one for Darkest Hour, I think. I, okay. I think. I'm you know, sure. the makeup did that for him. <laughs> what movie would you associate with your father or father figure? Oh, wow. Um, see, that's a tough one, man. Because, you know, as well as I do, you know, there's so many movies you sit down and, and, you, and you and you watch with your dad throughout their entire life. And just that one. God, it's so tough because, you know, I, I, I've seen so many with him and I he's fallen asleep watching them with me <laughs> so many times. Uh, his story I like to tell is I took him to go see the new Star Wars whenever it first came out, the the. Uh, oh, right! Not Rise of Skywalker. It is right. It is. Is that the new, the brand, not the last yeah. one? I'm talking about the, the the first one in that trilogy. I can't remember what. Um, oh, Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Fell asleep in that. Yeah. So uh, I was like, "Thanks, I'm glad I spent fifteen dollars to you to the theater." Um, you probably really but, enjoyed the air conditioning. You know? I guess he this, he hadn't been to the theater in probably like ten years. But anyways, um, uh, it, I would probably say. Um, Star Trek, uh, the undiscovered country. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Is that the whale one? I don't believe so. I, that's the very last one they did. Okay. I believe it's the very last one they did. Uh, even, even more than like the, the wrath of Khan. Um, because my dad was a huge, he still is. He's a huge Star Trek guy. Um, and I just remember watching those over and over and over again as a child. <laughs> um, and although the, the, the one greatest part, I can't remember. It's not the right. Is it, is it the way, is it the whale one, the undiscovered country? I don't know. It, I'm just looking it up right now. Cause I, I truly don't, I think I may have seen this one. I time, remember so. there was, it, it was a box set that he had. I think it was four of them. Right. This is Star and, Trek six. Yes. I think that's, that's the very last one they did. Cause they all kind of go off and it's basically like the send off for all their characters and they all kind of just keep going off and doing their own thing. They just go and they don't, they are like not part of Starfleet anymore. They just go. And it's, it's one of those most, it's just po so poetic about this great crew. And it just, I just remember watching it so much with my dad and nice. I think I've almost saw him cry one time. <laughs> Whoa. I, I know it's like, man, have no feelings, <laughs> man, not cry, <laughs> man, hold scotch and, 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 and drink and, and deep and bury sorrow. Um, uh, but no, I, I, it's either that man, see, it's, I love that movie. That's why I think about whenever I think of him, but at the same time, I think of like Patton, Oh. And and uh, a bridge too far. I mean, oh, but yeah. I mean, the one movie I think I would point, I put it on would be uh, probably Star Trek: The Undiscovered Country. That's that's what I would I would say probably. Even though that's I remember amazing. all the other ones a ton because you got the whole whale one where Spock literally just like 
you know, Vulcan neck neck pinches the guy on the on the bus, and he's like playing the loud music, and he just passes out, and everyone claps. But anyways, <laughs> wow, you remember this very well. It's ridiculous, man, and I'm just like, why do I know that in my brain? But yeah, it's it's that kind of that's the kind of stuff you do. But that, that's talking about dad movies. Yeah, that's 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 kind of the stuff you remember when you watch these things over and over with your dad. So, but yeah, that's what that's... I would put my finger on probably. That's amazing you'd pick that. And again, just like the, the similarities that, that we have uh, <laughs> in our upbringing as well. Uh, my dad was a huge Star Trek guy. But, oh, yeah. you know, for for him, it was Star Trek, uh, Wrath of Khan and the search for Spock. Those the, that one, two. That was that was where he lived. And I remember we watched those just a just a disgusting amount. Just so I much. Mean, what's not the love about little uh, like uh, a Spock aging as from like really quickly on a on plane? And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> As a child, you're watching that and you're like, I don't know how old you were, but I was like eight or nine. And I was, yeah, I was freaked out by this. I'm like, this is creepy. And I'm like, why are you showing this to him? And that's like, learn. It's, <laughs> it's important. <laughs> like, why is it important? It's about how this is how men love each other. They'll go to no ends of the earth, fight each other. <laughs> They'll go to oh. all ends of the earth just to insult one another. <laughs> that's right. That's what, that's what love is with between men. <laughs> And like, it, like if, if you cool. notice in uh, the end of Wrath of Khan, it's funny, I just made this joke to my mother earlier today. Um, but when, when, you know, Spock dies and everything, and they're mm-hmm. on the bridge, and they're, they're trotting the casket out, going to bury him in space, right? And then Kirk gives a speech and Family Guy, like Perry did it so well, when he gets up there, and he goes, he was the most human. <laughs> <laughs> the only time he could say something nice about it was when that guy was dead. <laughs> that, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Oh, that's so great. Now I remember the part where he's like in the little tube thing and he's like shut himself off and he's just like Jim. I'm just remember that. But in looking at you know passing on to your kids, obviously I see from the books in the background that you yourself are a hoarder. Uh, you probably will never <laughs> escape this and you will one day die buried beneath all your comic books. I will. Um, I'll be like, mine, mine. <laughs> no, but what movie would you want your kids to associate with you? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, there's so many out there that you, you want your kid to watch with you and you want them to uh, really enjoy. Um, and, you know, I could say Star Wars because my kid loves it to death. But I mean... I don't I, that just feels disingenuous with me a little bit. I think something that's near and dear to my heart um and this might be a random pull, I don't know, is the um Rankin Bast uh Hobbit movie. Oh, that's a great one. I watched I that know. so much as a kid. I I still watch it, dude. I love it. <laughs> um I love so that's one of the things that my my I I was able to connect with my wife on uh when we first started dating was the uh animation and art styles she loved uh the last unicorn which is a peter s beagle oh, oh uh, my gosh another, another rank and bass film which is gorgeous I know, but one uh, that like crucifies your heart and your yeah, it feelings does. <laughs> but i mean it's still you can you can you can cru- you can enjoy it but at the same time it's like i said you, you like you said it, it, it definitely makes you you know cry so much because you're like <laughs> oh there goes the last unicorn but there it fact, goes that's right. The last unicorn. <laughs> Are you alive? Anyway, sorry. Um, America sang that song, by the way. Anyways, um, <laughs> random bullshit that comes to my brain. Um, but yeah, she she uh, got me hooked on that. And I I totally forgot that those two uh, movies were by the same people. And we've started watching it, you know, about once every couple of years. And I haven't shown them to him yet because it can be frightening in places. Because, Super creepy. Yeah, much like 
um, everything that Tolkien wrote, it, it is a little bit more highbrow, and especially in the way they draw things and are the animated things in the movie, it can be really creepy, especially Gollum. Um, yeah, he's not cute and cuddly like he is in the movies. Um, that they're no, the it, actual it live is, action. Isn't that weird? Like it's it's like nightmare fuel. Some of the stuff oh, in the absolutely. animated movie. The, the I go- love that the goblins with the two throats when they open yes. up and you're just like, holy crap. You know, like can you imagine seeing that as like a, an eight year old kid and you're just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely pee yourself a little bit, but yeah, you have people did so. not take it easy on children back in the eighties and nineties. Nope. They're, they're like, no, no f- face right into the hamburger grinder. Like <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. What you're going to enjoy. They're like, ah, what was the, what's the thing I'm thinking of? Um, is like, I had, Oh yes, yeah, son, you know, you, you're going to cry about this movie. Well, I went through world war two, you know, it's just like, <laughs> okay, thanks grandpa. <laughs> so it's like, you're like, you're going to cry and you're going to like it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> that's I'm right just, I, I don't know where that came from but that's the way my brain with it but yeah that's <laughs> i really want him to sit down with me one day when he's old enough to watch that with me because i've already kind of started um planting those seeds of uh of animation love like i've started watching the, the star wars clone wars with him i started oh, cool. watching uh the batman animated series um actually uh after you talked about it uh, with on our episode when you were with us i that's right i know We've gotten to the we got to the first Joker episode and he was just enthralled by the Joker. I'm like, that's not I don't want you to be enthralled by him. But these bad guys. So I think I think at some point we're going to get to uh, that higher level of like uh, animation, like Rankin Bass. And maybe I don't know. I, I don't want to say what's the, who's the guy um, I'm trying to think of. Um, he did uh, uh, Dragon's Lair, Five Will Goes West. Oh my god. Don Bluth. Don Bluth. I want to get him to watch some Don Bluth because it, it it's just sometimes it's more about the the artist and like where they come from and yeah. the amount of effort they go into to make maybe just appreciate it a little bit more. But yeah, that's 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 kind of where I wanted to go with that at some point. We'll see. So, so the next question, which which I think maybe you'll feed feed this idea into, is um, what movie or movies do you associate with your father? And I guess that's kind of a part of what you're thinking of when you're, you're saying that. Yeah, um, there's really two that come to mind. Um, probably the one that I have the strongest memory of, and maybe the I would say maybe the first time I remember like experiencing a dad movie uh, was the, I think it's from the sixties. A, the, it's a sci-fi movie called forbidden planet. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's, um, basically it's like a sci-fi retelling of the story of Shakespeare's the tempest pretty much cool where it's deep space explorers who land on some distant outposts that was settled, you know, decades ago, but it stopped communicating with the main, if it's earth or some main, human settlement and so they're sent out there to investigate you know what happened and it's pretty much like the story of the tempest is they like landing on the island and then they find a um kind of a mad scientist sort of guy who has kind of learned the ways of the planet and he's kind of the master of it the way that prospero is and he has his daughter and then he has a a robot that basically functions as the aerial the fairy character he's got all these crazy powers that's awesome and it pretty much mirrors that story uh more or less and that was lost on me at the time i had no idea what the tempest was but it was my first experience of a dad movie i would say that i remember because i was really young maybe like seven or eight and my mom had gone uh to visit her sister down in dallas and it was just my dad home with me and um my younger brother Thomas and I think 
you know, my sister was still so young that I think she went to bed, but we went to Blockbuster and he was like, yeah, there's this really cool movie we should watch that I, I really liked when I was a kid. It's called Forbidden Planet. So then the whole ritual of him announcing like, you know, this is something that, you know, I'm going to share with you that I watched when I was a kid going to the video store and coming back, which is a lost ritual too. But I think that was part of it. I know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we ended up watching it and it, it was kind of my first introduction to the world of like sci-fi in general, which was a big part of my dad's personality, especially when he was younger. And the movie was, it was simple enough that I could understand it, but it actually had some real, you know, there was some real, there were some things at stake there. And there were, you know, this, this guy was the mastermind guy was, you know, a complex character. Like he was sort of a good guy, but he had his deep flaws that were, that were dragging him down. And then there's a whole, plot about he had discovered secrets of some lost alien race that used to live there and had destroyed themselves somehow, but it wasn't clear which way. And the entire experience was one of, I feel like getting introduced to sci-fi, a complex story. And I remember my dad remarking at the end of it that he was unsure if he was going to still like it because it had been maybe like 30 or 40 years since he's maybe like 30 years since he'd watched it, but him making that comment of like, wow, you know, that was great. And him And then he started talking about how it was the tempest and stuff. So it kind of had the intergenerational thing that he actually came out like, you know, really satisfied with that. Um, that is cool. And then another one I would say is probably Ben-Hur. He was always a huge fan of Ooh, Ben-Hur. yeah. You know, as many people are, that's just a great movie. But um, that's another one. Did they one remake I, it? Didn't they remake it in like They the did. And that's, to me, that's just, blast, just blasphemous. I don't know. How can you, you know? remake that? Yeah. Who would do that? It's just, I don't know how how much hubris you have to have to think you're going to do something better than that. I mean, even if you do a competent remake, like there's no way it's going to be anything close to the original. Yeah. The, the history of movies is just basically rising to Ben-Hur and falling away from it. There's it's the, it's the, it's the pinnacle. It's, it's really good. And it's an epic, which is also, I think a lost art, you know, that's there's, true. There's three hour movies, but they feel like three hour movies. Ben-Hur feels like an epic. And I even remember him kind of like prefacing it with that. Like, this is really long. Like we're going to take, you know, a break in the middle, but like, this is something that you really kind of have to go on, on the journey. So that's another one that I really associate with. And, you know, the merits of Ben-Hur, everybody, I don't really have to defend that, but I remember <laughs> just, but I remember again, just being, there's great acting in it. There's, you know, there's real anger and jealousy and love in it. Like, it's just, it's a very like adult movie, but at the same time, like, you know, it's still gritty and real enough that when you're young, you, I was probably maybe like 11 or 12 when I saw that, but it's got the chariot race. It's got everything you need for an exciting movie. And that's another one I remember him sharing with us in that same way, like kind of announcing as like, okay, this is, this is a, a significant thing that we need to, you know, set aside time and actually do the experience. You know, we're not just watching a movie. That was like a whole genre too. Like I, I remember watching a ton of those movies as a kid. I remember coming down one day and my parents were watching one of them and I just, it was like lion. I was like six or something. And there were like lions tearing people apart. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're like, what's going on? What's going on? What are you watching? Yeah. And I could, I could throw in one more that, you know, I was talking yeah. about where like it, where it didn't work. And the whole, this is kind of a running joke in our family where he, uh, he had recommended a movie called Brazil, which was a Terry Gilliam movie. Who was one of the okay. Monty Python guys. Yeah. He, yeah. he was so, oh, it's hilarious. Like it's so clever. Like you guys are going to love it. And that I think we watched with the whole family, but it was another one he hadn't seen in 25, 30 years. And that one I felt like did not hold up at all. And all of us were like, dad, this is so freaking weird. Like, what are you talking? <laughs> he was kind of like, yeah, this actually is pretty weird and creepy. <laughs> what, what is Brazil about? 
I don't even remember, man. It was that's awesome. It it was it had it was psychedelic in all the wrong ways. I felt like okay, and um, I, I couldn't even really tell you what the plot was. I just remember everybody kind of being. I don't think we finished. It. Everybody was kind of like, yeah, no, this is not. <laughs> and even he was kind of like, yeah, missed on that one. <laughs> so sometimes, so that was the thing where like it just didn't it didn't have the carryover. It didn't have you know maybe it was cool at the time, but it didn't have that timelessness that made it like a real dad movie. Um, what movie would you want your kids to associate with you? Yeah. Yeah. When I saw that, I thought of, I thought of two, like one, a serious one and one, a more, a more goofy one. Uh, but I think those are both legitimate dad movie, uh, paths. Absolutely. Um, I think the first one, which we watched together at some point, I believe was in a better world, uh, by Suzanne beer. I, I think that's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And I think the fact that even the that the storyline has so much to do with with fathers and sons in the movie, but fathers and their children and kind of like intergenerational trauma and healing at the same time. Aside from the fact that I just feel like visually it, it's a beautiful movie, like everything about it is it, like there's a lot of color to it. Like there's a lot of like studio gloss to it, but it doesn't feel cheesy in any way. Like every bit of it just feels like it's there to amplify the human story that's going on. And I think aside from just the intrinsic value of the story, I think that that type of presentation is the kind of movie I would want my kids to associate with a good movie. Like all the production techniques are in the service of, of teaching you something really profound about, about life. And I think that the, they're pretty timeless themes in terms of, you know, revenge and forgiveness that, are lessons everyone has to learn. And I think that movie teaches them well. And I think, yeah, the intergenerational aspect of the story, I feel like would make it even more of a, more of a dad movie for me. So that one for sure on the serious side. And I, and I think on the comic side, I would have to go with school of rock. Honestly. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. School of <laughs> Cause rock. I just, I just love that movie. And like, I acknowledge, you know, it's just a fun movie, but I feel like there's a big part of me that's just, a rebellious guitar guy that wants everybody to have a good time. And like, I feel like <laughs> that I feel like Jack Black just captures the spirit of that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let's just stick it to the man and rock out. But there's not, but there's still like a real joy to it and a real, a real fun to it. And um, I feel like that's the side of my personality that I would definitely want to share with my kids. And to me, that's the kind of movie where you, you do want to not just watch it out of the corner of your eye. Like you want to sit down and like, enjoy it. So I would have to, I would have to uh, put that in as a dad movie for me as well. I, I, well, and it's made by your favorite director of all time. Did you know that? Yeah, Linklater. I didn't know that for <laughs> I didn't know that for the longest time. That was like maybe in the last few years that I realized that. Yeah. I was like, it makes so much sense. Like, <laughs> no. like even, you know, even even with a plot, he's good, you know? <laughs> even with a plot, he's good. Yeah. Without he can do it all. It's yeah. amazing. He can do it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I have never actually seen all of School of Rock. Oh, really? Can you believe that? Yeah. No, yeah. you're missing out. I guess so. I guess so. If if it's going to be one of the ones you want your kids to associate with you, I've got to see it. Yeah, I feel like yeah. you'll you'll see it. It's just fun. I mean, I feel like yeah. I've seen it probably. I mean, I even already shared that with like younger siblings because I'm the oldest. Yeah. So I like I feel like I've been home like babysitting at points like in high school. And I was like, let's get School of Rock and watch it. So I feel like I've already had kind of that, that like, you know, pseudo experience of already passing it down. And they loved it. And it was fun. Yeah. Like I already have that memory of like, Again, I think going to maybe a dying blockbuster at that stage, but it was it was still there and uh, <laughs> decrepit, but still standing. And they were paying you to take movies rather. Than right. They're like, please come in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I think they were desperately trying to go with the video game rental at that time. Oh, um, yeah. It was the last gasp of Blockbuster, but it was still there. And do, I remember- do you remember when Blockbuster started like a Netflix type service? Uh, right. No. So they no, it was it was crazy for there, there was like a year overlap. So Blockbuster, right as Netflix was getting into streaming, I think Blockbuster mm-hmm. had just started to get into like the video, like the the sending videos to home to, oh, to really? people's homes, rentals. Yeah. But then uh-huh. like after a year of that, Netflix kicked off streaming and Blockbuster was just like, we're done. Yeah, we're like, out. Like they just gave up. <laughs> it's like, all right, bye. <laughs> yeah, okay. We can do DVDs in the mail, I guess. Uh, yeah. But yeah. No, I don't remember that. Um, we we had one like two blocks away from our house, though. Oh, so like it, it was a sad loss, you know, because that was kind of part of the, you know, part of our neighborhood pretty much. Um, yeah. And that was that would have been right at the end that we got School of Rock. But just that was one of my last memories of that that ritual of going there, getting some candy, getting some popcorn, renting the movie and coming back. And I think my parents were out of town or or out of dinner or something. I was watching the kids and we we did School of Rock together. And That's uh, awesome. Yeah. So I feel like I already felt motivated to pass it on even in like mid high school. So I can't imagine I would withhold that from my kids. It'll stand the test of time for me, I think. Dude, that's awesome. And that, I, you know, that explains so much of why you had that like dad energy. You're the oldest sibling, you know, you're the yeah. oldest boy. You're kind of, you kind of led your family already to, to the promised land of school. Of yeah, Rock. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm guiding them out there, parting seas and showing them the way. Yeah, for sure. Imagine <laughs> you like carrying, like dragging Ruben along to, to Blockbuster. Like we're kind of watch school of rock. Yeah. He loved, yeah. he loved it. Yeah. He would have been maybe, um, yeah, he would have been really little, like six or seven or something like that. It was, yeah, no, it was good times. Yeah. Awesome. Is there a movie or are there like a couple of movies that you associate with your father? Like, are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because there, there are a lot of my dad, he singer dancer loves the, the old fashioned Hollywood style of thing. So I was really, it was really awesome for me to do La La Land because that was a movie that he loved when it came out and he was like, you got to see this. And so watching it like i can see why you love this because the movies that we watched growing up were we didn't watch a ton of movies as children Mm -hmm. but things like white christmas yeah singing in the rain yeah um or it's a wonderful life we watched a lot of christmas movies yeah (laughs) Uh, but it it feels like it was was always christmas when you were a kid right like christmas lasted for months it did but uh, but we so I, i watched a lot of those okay those things what I also remember a lot was my dad going out of the way to watch movies with me that I wanted to see, oh, really? even if it wasn't necessarily things that he would be inclined to. He didn't love the orcs, but he still went and watched every single Lord of the Rings with me. And I just specifically remember being in the theaters in and just like us freaking out at Return of the King with oh yeah um, with the big spider with Shelob with Shelob and. It just like it was so gross, and I think he views it as a as a great uh, as a great movie. I don't know that he would have chosen to see it in yeah. theaters, but he knew that I really wanted to, and so he went and yeah. saw it with me. And same thing with Pirates of the Caribbean. He it was that was our like dad sometime at in our uh, we, we had a TV in my parents' room that we watched the movies on that we. Like weren't sure that the younger kids could see. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. So yeah. it was going out of going out of his way to engage with me in 
the culture that I really wanted to see and really want to engage with. But then also just some of the some of the bangers, some of the classics. Like Star Wars came out when when he was in I guess high school, grade school even. Seventy six, I can't remember. I don't want to date my father though. <laughs> but I remember like those were spectacular movies to see that just like I will have all these memories with. And even culminated with the passing on of the generation of Star Wars to this to the prequels, which you know, like they're Maybe not so, quite so bad as some people say, but they have. Are their you a big fan of the prequels? Are I, you like, like, you know what? The, these these are good movies. I just watched. So like, this is where I love cinema, yeah. and I love the way that the internet brings cinema to us in a, in a certain ways. So I was like on YouTube, and now I realize why people get addicted to YouTube. I, I usually don't <laughs> get on it, but I was watching like these memes of like you know Padme and Anakin. Yeah. And, 30 second minute videos and then it went into one that was like a five minute video and it was like obi-wan remembers or something and i was kind of like okay like i don't really have five minutes of time uh but i'll just i'll just watch this and it was beautiful it was it was just kind of the scene where luke meets obi-wan in episode four right at the beginning ben oh i think i saw that yeah yeah yeah, it's really, really. I would encourage all listeners to go out and check it out. <laughs> and I, I cannot remember what it's called, but it's, it has millions and millions. It's like Obi Wan remembers Obi Wan, or, or has flashbacks, or has yeah. deja vu, or something. And it's stitching together of scenes from the Sir Alec Guinness, just the conversation between him and him and Luke about like who is who is my father and how did my yeah. father die and um, like what is what is a lightsaber flashing back to the prequels it framed the prequels in a way that cuts out the silliness because there's definitely some silliness yeah. there but also some joy in the pod racing and it it kind of holds it like it doesn't have to be all this stiff and starched star wars yeah um it just showed how much depth i think there was there and how much you can tell the story in a way that you don't even really realize the significance until years later. So I still am really happy to, whenever those movies are on TV, I'll pop on the prequels. Yeah. I Well, they're on Disney keep, Plus now. So if you've got Disney go. Plus, they're always on the TV. So you're just watching them all the time. But so then that's then I have to choose. <laughs> I like it when like big channels choose I for. <laughs> I but I, I definitely remember those. Yeah. And I, that's what I, I kind of love about the fact that there are prequels and the fact that there are uh, postquels. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just blanked on sequels. the Sequels. Sequels. Prequels and sequels. There we go. I think we should I also forgot too. <laughs> but I love that. And I, I, I will always associate yeah. those movies with my dad. And yeah. it's, it's an awesome way of, like, I those movies, I don't think will ever die. Like, they are real cultural touchstones that mean so much to people across so many generations. And yeah. I get really happy when my kids know who Yoda is and, and there's the simplicity and beauty to the original star Wars. And, and I like, I'm always going to be excited to show that to my kids. Have you shown your kids star Wars? We haven't watched all of them. We've actually watched, they, they watched some clone wars with me. Oh, really? Very cool. Animated show. Yeah. And then it started getting a little bit darker and actually led to amazing storytelling. Yeah. Have you seen, I've seen some of it. I've heard that it is actually pretty good. It's, some Pretty of the best show. storytelling that yeah. I've seen over the last year. Um, I think the last four episodes of it 
they kind of take place concurrently with episode three. Okay. And it might be the best movie I saw this year, which is weird. It's crazy. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you want your kids to associate with you when it comes to movies? Like maybe that's, that's more of a general question because you're talking Mm -hmm. about how kind of what, what you sort of recognize with your father, what you had with, with your dad, he took the time to, to experience these sort of big events with yeah. you um, yeah. and to be like, this is big. And yeah. he, he showed you the big stuff from when he was, when he was younger yeah. and what really resonated or, or really was impactful for you was the fact that the fact that he took that time yeah. and did stuff that he didn't really necessarily want to do of his yeah. own. Yeah. Of his own Wouldn't choose so necessarily on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something that you hope to replicate with your own kids? Is I, there like a specific movie where you're like, oh my gosh, I don't care if no one remembers this. I yeah. want my kids to oh. see it. Like it's so it's so weird because I I feel like it's tough to just pick one. Yeah. And then when I'm trying to pick one, it's like, <laughs> like obviously Star Wars is gonna be that. Like Lord of the Rings are gonna be that. Yeah. And yet I I get this weird sense of wanting to watch like the Marvel movies with them. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I don't exactly know why part of it, I think might be is that I want them to know what is popular and be able to yeah. and, engage with people and be, be able to have a conversation about characters and be able to know the way that different characters were portrayed and see the different archetypes of hero or villain. Yeah. Um, Cause I think being like being culturally literate is a really pretentious way of just saying I want them to know what's up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. And so I, I like that. And I, I have a real desire to, I, I want to see what, what they want to see. We still, I, we still haven't taken our kids to theaters. Probably that's partially because of this thing called COVID over the last what's two that? years. I've never heard of it. It's this, it's a, it's an acronym for a really fun thing that's going oh, on. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's come over. Very, very interesting dude. Great. Wow. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to work out that way. That was amazing. <laughs> that's actually how the way that you texted me. <laughs> come over, very interesting. <laughs> that's, that's what I say. That's what I say to, to people when I want them to come over. Maybe we've all just been misreading it. Fauci's been saying COVID. COVID. Have fun with COVID. He he wanted to make a new acronym. All right. He just fun. wants he wants to have friends. That's fun. Um, so so we still have it, and I'm and I was thinking about like what, what kind of movies would I like to to see with them. Cause I took my brothers to go see yeah. things like, I remember my brother taking him to see frozen when he was just like a little kid. Oh yeah. And then he was like, so happy that he got to go see a movie that like some of my other brothers had. And then of course he was just like pooping all over it later on. I was like, I never liked that movie. I was like, that's not what I heard. John Paul, you were, you were ranting about Olaf when we came back. I like how you put that into a recording yeah. so that that's going to go on the internet forever. Yeah. I, that's great. I've told this to him in person too. <laughs> um, so, so I, I really am excited to engage with what they are. I guess cause there has to be some give and take. Too. Yeah, like, yeah. You share something about yourself and whether that, whether that is you know, a superhero movie or yeah. like a dinosaur movie yeah. or stupid movie, like hot rod. That's the most amazing movie ever made. Is that and, the one? Uh, like, oh, okay. I think when they're older. Yes. Yeah. So I, I guess I, I, I guess like a further question I have yeah. is like, so I feel like, um, like there might be one or two movies that my kids associate with me that other people would be like, why? Yeah. Like, like I've never heard of that movie yeah. or like, it's just me. Yeah. Is Hot Rod, you're like, that's, that's mine. I think it might be. Yeah. Okay. Because like, that is one of the movies that 
at least my wife's my wife associates with me first of all i think it was one of the movies that we we watched on like i, mean, I associated one of our first with you. dates yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know why? it's so funny it's awesome. uh, my safe word will be whiskey <laughs> what I, I just love that movie so there's so it's much very genius there. it's very quotable andy samberg he never gets old he never literally gets he never he, gets old yeah i know how old is That's, he i Botox has been great to him, or just good genes. Just I feel the same genes. way about Tom Brady too. Yeah. Um, but well, I, he's that, deal with it. that has to be one of those weird movies that I'm just like super excited that we'll be able to share yeah. at some point in time. Um, but there's also like movies about fatherhood that I, I'm that I rant about people that I rant to about people. Ran to people about. about. Thank you. Rant could, about people too. That's I ran to people and like, dear movie. This is what I hate about this people. person is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could English. I could English. Like Place Beyond the Pines. Oh yeah, such a, a good, good movie. Yeah. and like I I have shared that with other people, and they've like went and they've watched it on my recommendation, and they've come back to me and like, so why was I supposed to like that? I'm like, oh, it's this and this and this, and I'm realizing I want to like engage with them yeah. about with that movie and yeah. say like oh this is what i love like did you notice this and that's like one of the movies that you know, it's, it's a movie about fatherhood and generations of generational sin told in three parts and sometimes it's not exactly clear how they overlap especially in the last one until a little bit but really a criminal criminally underrated movie oh yeah with such a stacked cast you've got ryan gosling you've got bradley cooper um you've got eva mendez and just i i remember like hearing about it once when it came out um and also a bonnie bear soundtrack which i will the wolves part one and part two one of the best endings to a movie i think it might be the, the best song ending that i that i can think of um that is a movie that i think i will always watch and i will always want to share with people and so that like of course has to extend to children has to extend to my kids yeah so yeah Yeah. there's always the more i think about it the more like you're trying to piece together i don't know who you are as a father and who you are as a person into encapsulating like hot rod encapsulates what I hope is my silliness and yeah. my sense of humor and just like <laughs> who you are be... essentially as a, as a human yes, being yes. is hot rod. Like, I nothing like, more, nothing less. I'd like to be able to say cool beans like a billion <laughs> times in a row <laughs> and understand that there is like that just because something is, is comedic doesn't mean that it's not smart. Yeah. And what I also want to say was something like the place behind the pines, just because, just because something is dark doesn't mean that it's like bad or evil yeah. like that you're you can actually look into the darkness and the sadness and come out with something that is a real insight and so it's again like going back to the idea of an opportunity for for fathering for parenting cool so, yeah that's cool i hope that puts a little capstone on it <laughs> yeah i know that's really good it's yeah. uh it's the dark and the light you know, yeah like pain, yeah right you need them both yeah i like that Contrast. i like that a lot yeah, yeah. But what movie do you associate most with your father? Mm. Um, it's not Old Country for Old Men. Old I would country. say um, is <laughs> I keep doing Old that. Country for No Men. Old Country for No Men. <laughs> this barren um, wastes, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, no. Um, the movie I associate most with my father is The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh wow! With um, 
Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Watched that. I I think it was a year after we moved into California from Waterbury, Connecticut. So it was a we're in the West all of a sudden. I had never seen California before growing up in New England. I had it's never a lot different. I had never made a visit. Very very different. Yeah, climate, people, culture, all of it. Even architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, our house was built in um, 2008. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I had moved from a house that was built in uh, 1920. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're um, saying the ceilings got higher for sure. <laughs> much, much higher. Yeah. And there were multiple bathrooms all of a sudden, Holy which I cow. thought was dope. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had just moved to California. My dad became friends with a lot of the faculty, but he, he became friends with a lot of the new faculty that he, that he had never met. One professor that was very, very new, and uh, my dad quickly met him, and they became fast friends, and they both bonded over their love for spaghetti westerns. One night, we had him over. We had him over to, to watch a spaghetti western, and he he recommended Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Which I mean, he's really digging deep. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, we had cashews and stuff. They probably smoked cigars, although we might have been in bed by that time. Who knows? Sure. Uh, That's a long movie. It is very long. Yeah. Over three hours, I think. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my dad uh, was very good about helping us as, as his children, helping us as kids kind of settle into this new Western place that we'd never been to getting us acclimatized, if you will. He helped us meet new families in the community and, and make new friends because he played, I mean, along with my mother, of course, too, but since my father really made an effort. He really played the central role in, in getting the whole family just acclimatized to the West, to California. And since The Good, The Mad, The Ugly was one of the early movies I had seen, you know, that year after moving. Um, How old were you? I was only 13. Wow. Yeah, I was 13. I'm amazed you had the attention span for that movie. Mm. I mean, you well, had the attention span to listen to the Lord of the Rings pre, uh, pre six years old. So I'm sure this was not a stretch. Your father's <laughs> like, no, he, he can do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure where that comes from. Probably by no grace of mine. Um, uh, but in any case, uh, yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly is, is the top movie that I associate with, um, you know, my father and starting this new track in life living in California. The good, the bad, the ugly, I associate with my father uh, quite a bit. But I also just associate it with my own um, coming of age, you know, to an extent because of the aesthetic similarities between the movie and this new environment I was suddenly kind of thrust in. You know, you're no longer uh, you're no longer in the midst of forests and not seeing the sun uh, seven months out of a year. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden it's very, very dry. Uh, that summer we moved out in particular was very, very dry. Uh, I don't think it had rained in months and months. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the beginning of the big drought that lasted. Uh, till, till now, actually. Yeah, basically till now, so a little over 10 years. Mm-hmm. It, so it, it's a new environment that I'm in, and it's a new movie that matches this new environment. And this character, is he's tough enough and he's rugged enough to kind of deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I kind of have to do that too. You got to be like Blondie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't just sit in your room and wish you were home all day, mm-hmm. you know, ba- or back home in my case. Um, you have to explore and you have to make a name for yourself in, in some regard. 
Uh, and for me, that was making new friends in this new place, this new kind of desert. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the only other comment I'd make about that movie. We're, we're hitting it in a nice all-star fashion amongst the dad classics. I really like that. Uh, I, I had a very similar experience with Good and Bad the Ugly with my father. I saw it um, when I was also 18, mm. it, but it was just him and me uh, watching it. And it was, um, I was locked in. I, I couldn't stop watching it. It's so long. And we started it quite late, like, like at eight o'clock at night on like a Saturday. Wow. That and, is a late start. <laughs> yeah. I'm like 15 years old. And I remember <laughs> you're in for a long game at that point. And he's kind of flagging, you know, cause yeah. he, he is my dad and that's what dads do. <laughs> they get tired during movies. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't have disagreed more. Uh, I was just so intensely focused. Um, I can't wait to right. talk about good event at least someday, but I want to ask you uh, as, as a final question. Sure. What movie projecting into the future, what movie would you like your children to associate with you? Mm. Cause I, I know that we got a long time maybe before they would ever do that, but given all the movies that you have now, mm -hmm. what, what do you think you'd pick? Yeah, that, that's a fantastic question. And I think no matter what answer I give, I'm going to be listening back to this and want to give a different answer, <laughs> but, um, to give one on the spot, I really think it would be Pirates of the Caribbean. Nice. First one. Y you have all these characters on the outskirts of the British Empire. And it is, I, I don't want to make this movie sound more serious than it is. It is a fun movie. It's a Disney movie, obviously. But you have all these characters kind of on the outskirts of society. Uh, it's very chaotic, but you still have um, this, this kind of overarching force of the British empire, you know, they, you have soldiers around in the red coats and stuff. Um, but in the midst of it all, you have a few people that really know what they want. You have captain Jack Sparrow, you have, uh, Orlando Bloom's character. Will Turner. Will, Tur Will Turner. <laughs> Sorry. He does this weird thing with his T's. I don't know if I shouted it out in, <laughs> in our episode on Pirates of the Caribbean, but Orlando Bloom has a way of pronouncing his T's instead of flicking his tongue off the roof of his mouth. He presses them against the back of his front teeth. And it upsets, it, it annoys me, actually. Upsets the hell out of you. Yeah. His name is Will <laughs> really grinds Turner. Turner. It's, I, I can't, I can't do it. That's just an affectation that Turner. bothers me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you have us! It's for you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that you pointed out, I I do think that is annoying as well. <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about it, but it's true. <laughs> um, even as a, as a kid, the kid actor kind of does that, too. It's, he does. It's, 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 it is annoying. The Elizabeth Swan kid actor is way better. But yeah, much better. <laughs> In any case, you have, you're in this setting of chaos on the outskirts of the British Empire. Nobody really knows what they're doing. Everybody's trying to make as much money and have as much sex as they can. Mm -hmm. uh, Pirates life for me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, everybody's drinking, of course. It's hedonism is, unbound. Yeah, It is hedonism, yeah. So, so I, I would choose Pirates of the Caribbean because much like today, it's this chaotic scene, but you have these core two to three characters that kind of know what they want. They might be a little messed up. They're, they're messed up, uh, but they do know what they want and they have a vision for their lives and they go for it and they have a great time doing it. And um, it's to me, that movie says, just don't be lost, you know, find who you are, find what you want to do and do it. You do want that drive. And that's what my father taught me to have is drive, stick to what you're doing, mm -hmm. stick to it and master it, become a master at whatever you're doing and you'll find happiness that way. The only other movie I want to throw in there simply as a comparison to Pirates is The Mummy. Oh, Brandon Fraser? Yeah. Yeah. Great trilogy. I, I hold that 
up there with the mummy just in terms of amazing fun movies that I'll never forget from my childhood, you know, now, definitely it, another one I want to watch. And it's almost kids. the exact same in that one is a classic two is a kind of a mess. Three is like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. I like those a lot. That's, that's a really good answer, especially with Brendan Fraser coming poor, out. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. He's coming out strong as the new Indiana Jones. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. And well, then he played a, a, Tarzan, right? Or, George of the Jungle. Or George of the Jungle. Yeah, George, George of the Jungle. George, George of the Jungle. Uh, but <laughs> he now, was ripped back then. Now yeah. at this point, though, I mean, he's cast in the new Darren Aronofsky movie called The Whale, where he plays the titular whale, a uh, 600-pound man who is slowly eating himself to death. Wow. And we have gotten here since, I think, 1999, which is the first mummy. Yeah. And now it's yeah. 2021. And the action star that should have been is now in a Darren Aronofsky movie about a man trying to kill himself by eating. Like, <laughs> well, what he, happened? Well, he went through terrible... Uh, by, the, by the time The Mummy 3 came out, his body was disintegrating. Mm -hmm. uh, he had gone through way too much physical trauma to remain intact. Uh, I remember I read some interview, um, I think it was from Rolling Stone, uh, about a couple weeks ago, where he was basically asked that same question. What the hell happened to you, Brendan? Why, why are you like a overweight kind of cowboy now? That's weird. Uh, why did you disappear for yeah. for years, seven, eight, nine years, you know? And he said, well, my, my body was disintegrating by the time The Mummy 3 came out. And during that shoot, he said, um, I was uh, duct taping ice packs to my limbs and my torso just to compress my muscles because otherwise I would, I, otherwise I would be pulling stuff, pulling muscles left and right. And I was in and out of the hospital after that set. And then he went through this messy divorce. That's kind of where the meme comes from. Just F my S up fam. Yeah. Um, cruel meme, but kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, and since then, you know, he's been living on a ranch basically as a cowboy taking care of horses. And I think he's recovered. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's coming back appearance a little bit. Doom Patrol, you know? Yeah, that's right. But it, it doesn't surprise me that he all, you know, he's kind of into this movie that you just mentioned playing uh, you know, morbidly obese man. That's trying to kill himself. Dialing. Yeah. Um, not that that's where I think he is mentally. I don't think he is. It seems but, like a space that maybe he'd want to explore now that people aren't looking at him as a Harrison Ford replacement. Exactly. Um, yeah. Maybe he can, you know, actually be respected as an actor, which people right. haven't done since the early nineties, maybe like it kind of ended with Encino man. Mm -hmm. uh, no, that's a, that's a great pull. I, I would love to discuss uh, the mummy someday. Maybe discuss it with you. That'd be fun. Yeah. I think it's another good death movie. <laughs> What sort of movies do you associate with your father? Uh, with my father, I associate sort of the family movies that we would watch on our Saturday movie night. It was always pizza, Coke, Raisinets, popcorn, and a movie. And so typically, the ones that kept popping up are Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. always extended. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd often... As is right and just. As is right and just. <laughs> we'd often you know, start it too late, and then we'd all just drop off or lose interest, and uh -huh. I'd often realized that I was falling asleep. So I would like get up and go do something and try to hype myself up so that I could stay awake for the whole thing. Or it's Monsters Inc or the Incredibles or Ratatouille is actually my dad's favorite Pixar movie. Mm -hmm. um, or, As is mine. Yeah. yeah. Or Star Wars. Just, you know, those kind of wholesome family movies that we all probably grew up on or have experienced and loved. So those, those are the big ones. But more recently with my dad, just me and my dad, I've gotten into some more adult 
films like um, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh yeah, I watched. I watched it with my friends first, and then I said, "Oh, Daddy, got to see this. Come on!" <laughs> and we watched it, and he just was flabbergasted and said, "That's probably it. Probably in my top three of all time." <laughs> wow, as it is in mine. Yeah, yeah. So those Mad Max. Yeah, that that's that's a really good run. Um, yeah, Ratatouille is is very big in my heart. Um, I, I've watched this, uh, at least at, at this point, a couple times with my daughter, I, I can't get away from it. Yeah. Um, it is still the most engaging original gonzo concept. Absolutely. Like we got a rat wants to be a chef, got this garbage boy who doesn't want anything. Yeah. <laughs> the it's... rat can control the garbage boy with his hair. <laughs> like, what are we doing? It's kind of amazing because two, two things about Ratatouille is that that was coming from a time in Pixar's history when they didn't know if they were going to keep working with Disney. They had a, you know, five movies originally, and that was right at the very end of that. Um, so that you can tell they're kind of just doing whatever they wanted. So they had Ratatouille, Wally, and up three years in a row. Yep. And then also Ratatouille, they fired the director yep. and they had to completely start over basically. Yep. Bradbird came on right after he finished the Incredibles and they redid everything. And it's just, it's it, it's already amazing on its own, mm-hmm. but knowing that just makes it so uh, it's amazing. It is amazing because like uh, um, a sequence I'm remembering very very well is when they have the soup, um, the the soup a la linguini right that goes out that is the original soup that linguini like kind of messed up and then um, the rat uh, fixes and it's a hit and it kind of brings uh gusto's back into its former glory uh, people are reviewing it better and then uh the chef skinner decides that he is going to sort of f with linguini's yep. career plan even though <laughs> linguini has no career plan or any plans whatsoever and he, sh- he he throws him sweetbreads a la gusto and it's this incomprehensible recipe that sounds disgusting it's revolting <laughs> like i can't even imagine Cuddle what this would taste like and white Fungus. <laughs> Anchovy licorice sauce. I just don't like this. Uh, well, it is a recipe. We will follow it. No, don't follow it. And that's what the rat does. The rat does not follow it. He changes the sauce at the last minute. And I love <laughs> the, the constant back and forth between the love interest and Linguini when they're fighting and shouting and screaming. Yep. And she asks him when, when he blocks her hand from putting the sauce on. Um, and she goes, what are you doing? And he goes, nothing, nothing, no, no, I'm not doing no, anything. No, no. As his other hand involuntarily <laughs> pours a different sauce onto it and it goes out. Yep. And there's the bated breath in the kitchen of everyone waiting to see what's going to happen. Um, Ratatouille is is just fantastic. It's it's kinetic. It's, it's so be- it's, engaging. It's beautiful. And it's like, it's like a gourmet meal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you feel completely it's, satisfied once yeah. it's over. It's and, a delight for the senses. And in a different way, I think that Mad Max Fury Road um, satisfies something different. Uh, I will save my story of how I came to Mad Max Fury Road for when we do <laughs> uh, the pod on it. Right. Uh, but I, what I do remember is feeling incredibly revolted and very put off by the movie. I, I felt like I had been pushed to my extreme level, which at this point now... Uh, I'm waiting for it. Um, but back then, uh, it wasn't so hard to do. And that movie pushed me really, really far. Mm. And it was so exciting though. And that, that's what felt like alluring about it is it felt a little bit forbidden 
because yeah, of how yeah, extreme yeah. it was. Yeah. I just, I saw it with a friend of mine and uh, actually when I first saw the trailer, it was in like the last Hobbit movie or something. So it was there with my family mm-hmm. and some other, a bunch of other friends and this trailer comes on and it's just images and music. There's barely any dialogue. And I just remember thinking, okay, I'm absolutely going to see this. And everyone else was like, oh, gross. What is that? Mm-hmm. And I saw it with my friend and we were just giddy the entire time. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember laughing as much in a movie as I've laughed in Mad Max Fury Road. It's not a funny movie. It's, it just made me giddy, mm-hmm. lightheaded. Mm-hmm. It was, it's so intoxicating, much fun. Yeah. right? Um, yeah, those are, those are really good picks. And I like that you are able to associate your father with, with, two very exciting uh, and fairly recent pieces of, of cinema. I mean, you know, I, I know your father um, and he, he is accepting of this, you know, he's, he wants to be on board with stuff like this yeah. and wants to engage. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. Very good picks. Yeah. I like those. Um, what would you want your kids to associate with you in the same way that we've been talking about this given that we are in the year 2021 and that, you know, you don't have any kids currently. Nope. And there's a lot that can change between now and future. Like you're only looking at 2021 and past. So what of those movies would you want them to associate? Yeah. With you? It's kind of funny that the ones that I most associate with my dad are some of the more recent ones. Yeah. I would probably go back to 12 angry men. I mm. think, um, because that's another one I saw with my family and I don't think they were really as into it as I was, mm-hmm. but I just remember thinking this is, the I mean, how dare they? Yeah. First of, of all. course. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so well-made and it's so exciting and so intense. And I was just, it's like, it's not a thriller, but it's kind of like that where I'm just sitting there clutching the armrest, just I'm sweating, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, kind of important too. Mm-hmm. I'm not super, I wouldn't describe myself as super political, but I love America and I love how that movie is a little glimpse into, you know, the justice system and, and all that. And um, I think that one's really important and really good. And also just, you know, a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. If I had to say another one, I might say gravity mm. because I'm also you know, 12 Angry Men takes place in one room. It's black and white, and it's just these characters talking. And then gravity is gravity. It's outer space. It's an epic in every way. In, in so many ways, though, it's it's so much more isolated, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. 12 Angry Men, it, it is, you know, these 12 people, but these 12 people, like, are a community. Mm. And gravity is so much, is so much more lonely. Yeah. And so much more about just the struggle of one person. Mm. Uh this is an incredible juxtaposed pick. Yeah. I really like this. There's a lot of contrast. Yeah. And I, I read a comment recently of someone like on YouTube or something who said gravity is like gravity was a real, or no, it was actually in a book. Gravity is like a religious experience for me. Hmm. And I completely felt the same way. Um, it's just, it just moved my soul in a way that I can't even really describe, but I kind of similar. Well, similar to Mad Max and how I was just there present, completely engaged the entire way through. And it's like, my mind was opened and I, that sense of wonder, I think, and the grandeur that that movie is trying to portray Mm -hmm. and I think does very well Mm -hmm. is something that I 
actually, I absolutely can't wait to pass on. Yeah. Yeah. That, the, the experiential side, right. Yeah. And the relief that you feel when you see like Sandra Bullock, who has taken off her, her armor kind of right from mm-hmm. the battle um, and is floating as in, uh, in utero. Yeah. In the perfectly framed in the window yep. of the space station the, floating. The oxygen turns on. So you hear the sound again and you just hear it go. <gasps> yeah. The moment, the moment. And that's what, and that's, and that's what everyone does. Everyone does that. Yeah. Everyone just goes, oh, okay. Okay. We're good. <laughs> I can we're exist. Good. I can exist. <laughs> Those are very good answers. So what from the past two years do you consider a dad movie? Well, I guess I already said something. Little Women? No. That's a That's mom a mom movie. movie. All right. Little Women's a um, mom movie. 19... 1917. 17. Yeah, I guess it came out 2019. So that's probably the past All years. right. Am I allowed to say Hamilton? It's not a movie. <laughs> it technically is. But it did come is. out in movie form, kind of. Yeah. Um, sure. Well, okay. Definitely hits humor. Definitely hits sacrifice. Definitely hits strength. Um, Ooh, who's the strongest character in Hamilton? Eliza. I think I would... that's that's probably right, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hamilton's not really strong. He's more just determined. Um, yeah, I guess there's a difference there. I think that he exhibits strength later in his life, um, at least the way they portray him, because he, I don't know, he changes his life completely after his son is killed, and. There's a certain strength that comes from that. And just getting through a tragedy like that and continuing on with your life. Not just giving up. Um, anyway, that also strikes me as one. Bonus question. What's an ultimate dad movie? I don't know. Braveheart? I probably don't have super strong opinions about this. Because of its humor? <laughs> yeah, that one would be pretty low on the humor. Oh, what's that movie we watched where the guy's helping his friend escape? Uh, or they they have to, like, run from one point in the war to another point. And they have a really short amount of time, and they're running through the trenches. Oh, 1917? 1917. Again, humor. Lots of humor. There's a little bit of humor <laughs> somewhere if you look for it. Um, I'm glad you think that's a dad movie. That's what I said, too. You did? Mm-hmm. When? Oh, like when you... In our list somewhere. Oh, cool. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not a dad, so I don't know if I uh, think about this too often. Probably regretting having me okay. interviewing me right now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Liz, for joining us. This has been a pleasure. We should you do this. joining you joining me <laughs> and us collectively the collective we the royal we mm-hmm. as the dude would say yes. uh yeah thanks for having me so what movie in the past two years would you really call a dad movie well let me look at my list of movies <laughs> i've seen this year because i can just pull them all up I really like The Father. I don't know... I mean, the name. The Father. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> um, I mean, speaking of Anthony Hopkins, yeah. For those who haven't seen it, it's a movie about someone going through Alzheimer's, losing their memory. Mm-hmm. And it's a super, super moving, powerful movie. I mean, in my opinion, Anthony Hopkins' greatest performance. I don't know if it's a dad movie, though. But I mean, that's the thing. It might be the best movie I've seen in the last two years. Okay. That or Sound of Metal, I think. I do love Sound of Metal and would call that a dad movie. Like, I want my kids to see that someday. Yeah, yeah. And I think they're, they're similar in a way that both those movies give you a really intimate insight into a world that is usually closed off to people. So obviously with Alzheimer's, no one experiences Alzheimer's except for the person experiencing it. And everyone yeah. else, that person is just forgetting everything, which can range from really sad to annoying yeah. to the people around them. But that the movie really portrays that terror and that confusion in a way that most people don't see. I think Sound of Metal is something similar where it takes us into the eyes of someone who's going deaf. And you get that really personal experience. And I think that that personal experience that seems really genuine and true is what, what makes great movies. Yeah. That, I don't know. I mean, That's I think, a good answer. I think Mike mentioned this the other day uh, when we were on the podcast that um, that art is all about you know experiencing lives apart from your own, right? It's experiencing lives oh, yeah. that you... That you can't. Yeah, that was have. on Vito's birthday episode. I'm yeah, talking right. about the raid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Or I guess this will oh, no, no, already come out. It's already no, it's already out now. Yeah. Have okay. you not listened to it? I have. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What series? Because on not your father's movies, you always do a series of movies. What series would you want us to do in particular? Uh, I wish I had more time to think about this. <laughs> um, I have sprung it on you. <laughs> Let's see. You've done detect. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you've done some of the big powerhouses. You guys have done detectives, and you've done cowboys. Oh, we were, we're only doing modern cowboys. That's true. We're, we're yeah. going to do past cowboys too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's one. Here's one that I don't think you guys have really touched on, and it's a genre that I really love: is gangster movies. Oh, I yeah. Love, I love some gangster movies. You know. Oh, that's got it. Yeah. Public Enemy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe do, some, like, Guy Ritchie movies. But yeah, we do need to do a gangster movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it seems like that's one of the... Classic dad. It's a classic dad genre. You know, there's there's cowboys, there's detectives, there's World War Two, and there's gangsters. You know, these are the... I guess maybe another one would be post-apocalyptic movies. Oh, all right, yeah, all right, that's perfect. So post-apocalyptic is like the new dad genre. Mm. Like that is now firmly established as dad. Yeah. And the other one, gangster, also firmly established as classic dad. Yeah. So new and classic dad series. I like that. There you go. Yeah. got to pitch it. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of permutations that you could do, you know, modern gangster movies, or you could do, you know, within the apocalypse, you could do zombies, you could do, I guess all the other ones are less interesting. Like weather apocalypses are maybe less, less uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> Alien apocalypses. There's a lot of subjects. 2012 is the weather apocalypse. Oh, also yeah. the day after tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, um, not great. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the classic uh, apocalypse movies are like zombie, alien, or... Disease. 
disease or like like man-made destruction like mad max you know like we oh, destroy yeah. ourselves through some vague act of war fury road is a great post yeah movie yeah yeah that would be a fun one <laughs> to listen to yeah that's a great action movie it is yeah so much fun yeah all right what movie that came out in the last two years would you call a dad movie okay because I, I, I was, if the question was what was the best dad movie, then I would have to keep searching. But if I can just pick any dad movie that came out in the past two years, nobody, nobody uh, starring Bob Odenkirk. That is absolutely a dad movie. He's an ex, like you know, CIA badass or whatever, and somebody um, messes with his family and he has to go out and do what he does. <laughs> where's the mother kitty cat bracelet? <laughs> That's like that's like what, what? How else would you define a dad movie other than a dad, a super badass dad asking for a kitty cat bracelet? You know that's that is a dad movie in my opinion. You know, like Fantastic. I said, that's, you can you can picture a a dad rewatching that, fall asleep on the couch because it's 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 whatever. It's fine. You know, it's not the bestest movie in the world. It's not, but you've seen it before. You know what's going to happen. You can fall asleep on the couch watching it. That's a dad movie. Perfect. I and I I fully agree. That's a dad movie. This dad sat on a couch. It was eight thirty on a Wednesday. Mm, <laughs> I, that's, shot, that's, I started that movie that's up late. That's dark hours. <laughs> <laughs> I got to work the next day. You know, eight thirty is pushing it. <laughs> and but by the time ten thirty rolled around, I'm getting sleepy. But I'm in it watching watching. Uh, Spoilers for the movie, uh, nobody. I'm watching Christopher Lloyd blow dudes away with like a shotgun. I'm like, this is fantastic. I'm having the yeah. best time. My wife is like in the other room. I think she was sewing something. And all she's hearing is like, ah, ah. Like, you having fun? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, you know I am. Indeed. Absolutely a dad movie. Came out Absolutely. the last two years. I win. What is my prize? You win. You win. Your prize <laughs> is that we get to use this interview. Um, <laughs> and I will also have to find a way to get a shirt to you. It's just the fact that your logo is like copyright infringement. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Nobody sent me a letter, so I'm going to keep writing it out, you know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. The company didn't love it, but yeah, hey, fuck the company. If you're listening and you're wondering what the logo looks like, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, My Movie Fix Podcast. Hmm. And, you know, I've heard that that recently, you know, you, you achieved great Twitter fame. Um, and so if people want to come and check that out as well. You, you, my Movie Fix podcast at Twitter, right? Yeah, I mean, I at the time of this recording, I have nine followers, but I might be at 10 by the time you guys listen to this. So, you know, I, you might not get followed back. Because right now I'm pretty much following everybody back to be courteous. But, you know, once we start to get into double digits, I, you know, I just I can't keep up with everybody, you know. So you can follow me, may or may not follow you back. I'm a... Kind of a big deal at this point, but you know, you can try your luck, you know. Yeah, at my movie fix pod on Twitter, my movie fix podcast at gmail.com, and the podcast is called My Movie Fix. And you will be seeing, sir, on our feed quite a lot in the in the coming months. Um and yeah, thank you for sitting down for this interview, man. No, thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me be a part of what you guys are doing. I appreciate it. We are the better for it. Thank you. See. What movie have you seen in the last two years that you would call a dad movie? Because I'm trying to think. Hey, I don't want to count the Paw Patrol movie. I had a one <laughs> with my grandson, with my nephews. That was awful. Um, Making a good well, amount just, of money. Yeah, yeah, ain't that the truth? Um, 
my actually my nephew actually asked me they're coming to cape at the show me center and he's just like you want to go see that with me daddy or uh, not daddy uh uncle davy and i was just like no (laughs) (laughs) no okay so i would say um okay it it just came to me that it's something i really liked but i know it's probably not going to be a really popular point i know okay hear me go hear me out okay okay so um i actually watched hook for the first time in in probably 15 years 10 years something like that um i found it on amazon prime and i and i think i bought it and i forgot how much i, I think i had watched it it was pretty recent it was at right a little bit after um uh i think i thought about it because recently you know robin williams has been popping back up in the in the in the news because it's his anniversary of his uh of his death and things like that and i was looking at it i love robin williams as an actor sure and the man he had such a range people always you know remember he's so funny no the man was an amazing just actor and yeah. an amazing person in general too right for, for my money for my money maybe the most dad of dad actors like oh I, absolutely incredible Right. And and when you go into this movie hook, you know, it didn't make a lot of money when it first came out um, It actually bombed quite a bit. But it, it, it whenever uh, Spielberg had that idea, I was like, I want to take that after story of, you know, what happens if Peter Pan decides not to go back? Right. And he becomes a dad. And and but then, you know, he gets drawn back into the world by hook stealing his kids and things like that. And that's the only thing that would get that could get Peter Pan to go back to Neverland, right? Was his kids. And I remember watching that and I'm like looking at the things and I'm like, God, this thing is, is just gorgeous. The, the scenes are gorgeous. But at the same time, it's also like, it's not just about like him going back and finding his kids. It's kind of about him reconnecting with himself essentially. Because, you know, we all kind of go through that, right? We all, you know, get into that mundane of, uh, you know, everyday life, and we kind of just get caught behind the numbers, get stuck behind the job, miss things like baseball games, right? Um, the championship game. Um, but eventually, we have to come back to what's most important, right? Which is like our family, you know? And that's, mm-hmm. that's I just vividly remember watching that. Probably it was about a year and a half ago. I totally forgot I, I'd watch it, which is why it spent me 15 minutes trying to think about it. So, <laughs> uh, but when I clicked, it just clicked. That synapsis fired. But I was, I remember sitting down and watching it and I actually rewatched it again in about uh, another four months, four months ago with my dad. And I had, he hadn't seen it in years either. And he's just sat, and it's the one of the first movies I'd actually seen him stay awake for in the last, you know, five years. So right. <laughs> it's usually he falls asleep usually about 30 minutes in because that's usually how he falls asleep. But he actually stayed awake for it and he watched it. And as I'm sitting there, my son is in the my mom and dad's house. The way it's set up, they have a, a sunroom as it leads into the house, a big one where they have a TV at, and then you go into the next room, uh, like an inner room, and it's a it's a playroom. And my son is in there playing, and I guess he hears us watching this. And he comes in and he sits down with me, right? and he sits and starts watching with me. And then the nephews come in and they start sitting down and watching with it, and it, it, it all clicks, right? Like that's the reason why it, it made sense to me right then. Is it's you have three generations of of guys, essentially, you know, bonding over uh, a film, you know, that I mean, for better or for worse, I mean, maybe it was a great film, maybe it was an awful film, but for us, it's 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 something that's connecting us, right? Right. So that's that's what really uh, clicked me. And then my and then my wife came in and she's like, "Oh, you're all sitting there rotting your brains, you know." <laughs> We're bonding. Get out. Get out. Leave us alone. This is emotion time. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's 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 it. Just it just totally clicked, and I, I I completely forgot about it until you brought that up. Wow, holy crap! But um, <clears throat> I can remember just sitting there with my dad as he's sitting there drinking his big old big gulp of iced tea that's got about two pounds of sugar in it that I'm pretty sure gave him diabetes at some point in his life. But who knows? And we're all just sitting there, and the kids are just watching. But yeah, that's that's what I can remember. Yeah, nice. God, yeah, Jesus, you know. Uh, Dustin Hoffman's a great Captain Hook. So that's how I, I, God, that's a great cast, isn't it? Though. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyways, go. I sorry. I I, I kind of no. got sidetracked in there. That's that was good. That was a good question, man. It made it made <laughs> me think really really hard, and it actually made me kind of uh, in, induce some anxiety on me a little bit. So I hope you're happy with yourself. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Very happy. Very proud. I I feel like I, I've done the Lord's work today in bringing <laughs> out that memory because. Dude, that that's exactly what I wanted. That's all that I, I wanted—a genuine memory. And thank you, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate it. You're like, it only um, took you 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm okay with that. It's all that. I'll cut it all out. Yeah, um, uh, or I'll leave it in. I don't know. It could be really funny. Uh, <laughs> She's like, wow, that's a lot of dead space in there. He's why does he hum in Hanson? What the fuck, man? <laughs> like, we don't well, like this guy. We're definitely not coming over to his podcast. <laughs> Well, I, I have to say that that for all of us, it was it was just a real pleasure getting to know you over this next year, and we look forward to to the years coming forward. And uh, I look forward to being on your show every time. I'm like, I just get the itch. I get the itch. I want to talk about some weird thing. We can't seem to work it in. I'm like, I'm like, David, David, can, yeah, you got any more of that pod, man? I want, yeah, can I have I some gotta, more of that? Yeah, man. I just, I gotta, I gotta, I need a fix. And the only <laughs> exactly. thing I can do is go to somebody else's podcast. My friends refuse to talk about video games. What yes, the they hell, do, man. <laughs> they do and then the movies that they refuse to talk about i now go to sir and i'm like hey man you want to you want to do movies like uh, you, gotta, you wanna do like a multi-part series on something sir's like dear god dear, dear god help me what have i done <laughs> look at look at this poor crack addict here this poor movie addict this poor culture addict and um, that's very true but uh anyway as always delightful to talk to you thank you for joining us oh, on our anniversary yeah. absolutely thank you all right take care Will you, do you want to come on in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I got a mic. I got headphones. I got time. Yeah. Sweet. I'm always, I'm always down to talk about movies. And you know, you've, you've always got a mic. <laughs> got two mics. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, uh, if you were to choose a movie to do on our podcast, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Yeah. There are a lot. I, of I, it, it could be like the forbidden planet. Um, if you, uh, want you, it to be, you know, actually, that that would actually be a really good one. Or uh, or waking life, like oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, waking life. Yes. Uh, you know Vito, what, that, Vito, we got to do waking life next time. So I would if you do if you do waking life, I'm I'm so on. Um, oh my gosh, I feel okay. like that that one will go into outer space pretty quickly. But <laughs> that's one of those ones that like I'm. I would love to have a real conversation about it because so many people, especially my family trash that movie and I love it. It's so important to me. Only my brother Ruben gets it. Everyone else thinks it's navel gazy garbage and like, okay, that's an aspect of it, but I still think it's, (laughs) I still think it's worthwhile. Um, Isn't, isn't that what makes it worthwhile? How navel gazy garbagey. I mean, it's got Alex Jones in it for crying out loud. Yes. like early Alex Jones, early like Alex 90s Jones. Alex Jones. Yeah. Talk about a time capsule. It's amazing. And he hasn't changed all that much, really. It's okay. impressive. 
maybe another one. I think I mentioned, might've mentioned this in Tevito at some point, but like when I was thinking more of like kids movies was uh, the never ending story. Ooh. Yeah. I feel like that would okay. be good. That would be a good candidate as well that I would talk about for sure. Okay. Um, we haven't done a kids movie in a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. It's like shifted more yeah. into like adult, but that's one I feel like that has like a heavy dose of existential angst for a kid's <laughs> movie. And I remember feeling it as an already existentially inclined kid. And you're like, what? Damn. Like, you know, <laughs> this, is, this is heavy. So that would be another candidate if you wanted to do a kid's movie. But yeah, any of those, okay. I'd, I'd be down for sure. Okay, cool. So we're going to do, we're going to do a Dave series. It's going to be the Forbidden Planet, Waking Life, and, um, and the NeverEnding Story. There we go. Yeah. That's what's coming up next. A trilogy, if you a will. A trilogy. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Now I've got the surprise question. All right. What movie that has come out in the last two years would you call a dad movie? And I guess it can't be Nomadland because you already you already yeah. said that was a dad movie. Right. But I'm gonna I'm gonna modify it because I know you don't see a lot of new releases to say what movie that you've seen in the last two years, if it's a new movie or something that's new to you. It's not a newly released movie, but I feel like it never got the attention it deserves. So I feel like it's still new in terms of like how many people have seen it. it and we may have talked about this at one point. Uh, Take Shelter. Oh, yeah. 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 Which, You've brought that up a lot. I still yeah, haven't seen it. it. It's it's incredibly good. And I actually rewatched it just this past year. I had seen it maybe maybe eight or nine years ago. I think it's from like 2011, 2012, something like that. Okay. And uh, it's got Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain. Yeah. And um, I mean, it, it's 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 absolutely totally about family and being a father for one. And I, I, yeah, it's about a lot of things. I mean, it's it's got elements of suspense and a little bit of horror in it, too. But it's also a beautiful story about family and about what it means to be a father and this guy grappling with it. And I think cool. the the performances of both Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain are like truly tremendous. And it handles the topic of mental illness in a really profound way, not in a, not in a kitschy way. Um, it really, I think it's at the heart of the matter is from what I can, you know, from what I can tell. So I would consider that a dad movie. Absolutely. Um, it's not recent, but I don't re- recall it getting much yeah. attention. It was just kind of a, you know, and it, I think we went and maybe, I think I saw it like when I was home for Christmas and it was just, there's, it was just kind of this like small time theater we would sometimes go to that had interesting movies and, I saw it with a couple of members of my family there. We both walked out like, you know, wow, that was, that was something else. So I would consider that a dad movie for me, for sure. Cool. What, um, is there like a basic plot structure or anything that you can share? Would you you say go in without knowing anything? No, you can go. The basic idea is, um, there's this guy, middle America, uh, Ohio or something somewhere. He's like a, you know, working class guy works on an oil rig or I think it's, or mining or something like that. And, seems like he's got kind of, you know, your basic American dream going on. He's got a nice little house, you know, beautiful little girl who she's deaf, but he, he got promoted at his job and he got a new health insurance package and they'll pay for cochlear implants. And so they're getting ready to get that surgery for her. And it seems like everything's going well, but then he soon starts having these really intense and realistic nightmares about people, people that he loves or people that he knows who are trying to kill him or trying to trying to hurt him in some way. And oh, wow. he starts getting this deeper and deeper sense of foreboding that something really bad is coming. And he keeps having dreams about these really distant 
storms, like huge storms that are coming in to wipe everything out. And he starts getting really worked up about this and he starts fixating on redoing a tor- an old decrepit tornado shelter that's in his backyard. And he starts obsessively spending too much money, like digging it out and turning it into this like bunker. And everybody thinks he's going nuts and his family's freaking out. And, but the whole time there's this in the back of his mind, he knows that his mom was, uh, had been diagnosed with schizophrenia at right around the same age as he is right now. So he's trying to understand, like, have consciousness of like, am I developing schizophrenia? Like, am I going crazy or am I, but he, with the sense of feeling that there's, that there really is something bad coming and he needs to protect his family from it. And it goes, it goes from there. Um, Cool. That sounds fantastic. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Um, And the way that he balances that, that, you know, middle America, Joe, the plumber guy with also this deep, sense of 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 fear and wariness about about what's coming i think it, it captures a feeling i think even just in a in a more basic sense of like that a lot of times if things are going really well for you there's kind of that mm-hmm. nagging nagging voice in the back of saying like this is going to fall apart it can't last you know that this that this is too fragile um yeah. so i think it captures there's a lot of things going on in it um but cool. it's absolutely worth seeing i highly recommend it sounds a little scary Sounds a little scary to me. Like, I, I don't know if I want to go into that headspace. <laughs> it, it is. It, it could have been really scary. I mean, it is yeah. kind of scary. No, no question. I mean, I mean, but, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's handled in such a good way that, yeah, it, I think it, um, it says, it says the right thing about all those issues, in my opinion. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to see it because you've, you've told me many times that I need to see that. So it is, it's now high on the list. Every time yeah. someone tells me to see something, it goes higher on the list. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I advocate for that. I think you'll love it. I think, okay. I mean, I think, I think, I think anybody who likes movies will enjoy that for sure. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dave, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for, uh, for hopping on and, and talking to me about some of, uh, some of the dad movie stuff we've got here. Likewise. We're really looking forward to having you on again in the very near future. Appreciate it. And congratulations and happy anniversary. Thanks, man. Good night. All right. All right. Take care. Is there a movie that you've seen in the last two years for the yeah. first time yeah. um, that you're like, this is a surprising dad movie? Like if you just saw, I don't know, Gladiator, like that doesn't count. Oh, so, Everyone knows so good. if you just saw that, yeah. like what's wrong with you? But, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's, that's always going to be oh, a gosh, dad that's movie. That's a really good It's got to be something like, uh, I don't know, something. That's a really good question. Unexpected or something like that. So there were actually, 2020, I felt like had a, had a couple. Okay. So Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, like I, I popped on that movie, not thinking that it was going to be anything. Yeah. And I like got emotional at the end and I watched it in like the worst circumstances, like on a plane. I think I had a baby on my lap and (laughs) I'm watching and I'm like, wow, that was an incredible movie and kind of ticks all the boxes for, for being a dad movie, like cars, engines, um, Christian Bale and Matt Christian Damon. Bale and Matt Damon. Right. Oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. and like a dude who is struggling to put like food on the table for his family, but balance passion too. And is really good at something. And I, I think every dad wants the idea of, 
you understand something. You've committed so much that you understand something better than anyone else in the world. He understood that car. Christian Bale's character understood that car better than anyone. And so it was like a matter of it was not it was right for him to be the be the one to drive it and yeah. beat Ferrari. And then at the same time teaching lessons about wow, the the call came in that they were all going to cross the finish line together. And I was like, damn it. It feels like the world is unjust. Like this is this is terrible. And I was like, why did you get that vitriolic reaction that you just can't help but but feel like even if it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like everyone knew that he was the winner. I'm like, no, I wouldn't have known how good he was unless that story was told. Yeah, and that's kind of the beautiful part about like a lost piece of history that could be could have been lost forever. Yeah. Except that somebody took the time to, to tell the story, to tell yeah. the story. I cool. love that. So my last question for you tonight, Chris, is if you could choose any any movie to uh, to do, what would it be to do on this podcast as a dad movie? I would would like to do something like the new Star Wars or things where oh, you can yeah. like delve deeper into it and say like, why does this work or why doesn't this? Yeah, like that's as we're growing up and and dude like, engaging with movies in a way that's like you can actually say is Jar Jar Binks a Sith Lord and at the same time <laughs> say like, well, what does it mean for Ray to be X, Y, or Z? And I, I love, <laughs> I love that aspect of like, of sequels. Yeah. So, so, well, yeah, we've been, we've been stewing in it for yeah. 30, years 30 years at this point. It's wild. It's, it's something ferments and yeah. comes alive. Yeah. I, I would love to do new Star Wars, even if everyone else hates it, because <sighs> I crazy. like I would pony up for conversations like that. We, we've been talking about how we could do that and like what yeah. the, what the best way to do it, whether we should start, like, should we do just nine episodes in a row? Oh my God. But, but you got to do it. It's okay. Point. Okay. Well, yeah. all right. I'm glad to know you're there for when we do star but Wars. Also and into the spider verse, into the spider, into the spider verse yeah. might be my main one. Like, okay. I would just, you know, we actually did it earlier this year. Did but you guys? One of those, yeah. One. Okay. Yeah. You should now check it out. I, I always feel though, like with something like that, I feel I hope someday we're able to come back around to it again. Yeah, yeah. Because that's like that's one of those movies um, where it ages with you. Yeah, right? like yeah. I feel like like I'm gonna come back to it, and I I can't wait to see how that impacts my children. Yeah, how 100%. that's gonna because for me like I'm already yeah. a full grown adult. Yeah, and so like you know I change less and less. They'll yeah I think they'll experience it more. And yeah, more. That, that was that it was on. TV the other day and Steph yeah. and I were like, this is so good. We are both so excited yeah. to be able to show it to them. That's awesome. And yet yeah, still little, little young. Little yeah. Young. A little young. Yeah. Because it is a little bit scary and the music could be pulsating. All right. What, when, it's when do you think they're going to like your kids are going to be ready? Uh, maybe just a few more years. Yeah. I could see, I could the see prowler, my four-year-old being like, oh, yeah. The prowler is is the thing that, yeah. like, for me, I keep thinking, like, oh, you know what? It could be okay. Like, I could just step in front of the screen for that. Or, but the prowler is like the uncle who betrays yeah. him. Like, that's it, that family betrayal is hard. And, yeah, and it, yeah, because you're like, it's the the cool uncle that he always yeah. related to more so. Yeah, but. But then the the fatherhood elements where he actually re rekindles that relationship with That's his dad, true. and his dad is like it's beautiful, like get up, Spider Man, get up. Yeah. So good. 
Yeah, so that's it's that's a that's a weird one to think about. But all I know is that whenever I show it to the kids, I will be so excited to do oh, it. Oh yeah. And yeah. I will always love to talk about it with people. All right. <laughs> all right. Awesome. All right, man. Well thanks, thank Mike. you so much for, for stopping by. Thanks for talking about uh about yourself. A lot of things. I love yeah. talking about you. This I, is I, great. I love talking about me too. Yeah. Probably more so. <laughs> no, <laughs> thank you for letting us try the spot. This is awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Jesse. And from all of us here in Mike's garage. Hello. Good night. (laughs) If you could be on one episode of Not Your Father's Movies, because it's criminal you haven't been on one yet, but you went through a rigorous program and... uh, That's right. And I didn't call you. Uh, (laughs) But if you could be on one episode, what would it be? What movie? Oh, man. Um, I am partial to Reservoir Dogs. I know I, I I had already said it's not a it's not a dad movie. I just mm-hmm. love it. Um, uh, that's a, that's a season thirty five forty of not your father's <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah, it's when the kids of the fathers hosting the show are now fathers, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. Um, yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Uh, I love any kind of Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, gosh, uh, No Country for Old Men. I said it right that time. I I would love to talk about that. That says so much about philosophy, modern and ancient. It says a lot about America. Um, that that's uh, that's a Titanic film. Mm-hmm. It's Titanic, absolutely Titanic. I, if I really had to come down to it, it would be that film. I would want to be on a on an episode for that one. Nice. Um, and then last question, more of a fun question. Mm. Um. If you had to, right now, say, without a doubt, that a movie in the last three years is a dad movie, what would you say? <laughs> I'm calling you to the carpet. Maybe it's unfair. Maybe it's not nice. But I'm asking. Deadpool 2. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic answer. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not. You know? <laughs> You're making a stronger case for you being on the Deadpool 2 pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, I, 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 think, I think we should leave it at that. All right, um, yeah. In the last, I don't know, three years, if you had to pick a dad movie, no discussion, name the movie. What's a dad movie? Well, I mentioned A Quiet Place Part 2. Mm-hmm. And A Quiet Place Part 1 did come out in the last three years. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go with the Quiet Place Part One um, mm-hmm. because that's another one that I'm very excited to sh- to show and to pass on. Mm-hmm. And also, something I didn't even mention: dad movies can also just be about fatherhood mm-hmm. or parenthood in general or family in general. For sure. And that one just hits all of those. Yeah the um, the guttural scream of John Krasinski yeah. when he realizes he is sacrificing himself for his family is. Uh, mm-hmm. Is something that does haunt me. I I did yeah. not know that Jim from the Office had that in him yeah. to encapsulate all the fear and the worry and the anxiety of being a father, and in a way that transcends his apocalyptic circumstances and actually says something to me in my humdrum life. But that scream did a lot of work, and it's something I think about quite frequently. Yeah. I, I think it's a very good choice. Yeah, I was crying and i was terrified and it was probably if i had to pick like what's the best cinema experience i've had i might have to go to the quiet place nice. part one
Nice. It's like the perfect cinematic experience for me. So then I would also ask you if you could be on one episode, what would that episode be? I mean, you've been on like three. I've been on yeah. So like, what do you want? (laughs) I didn't want to be on any of those. (laughs) Those are not the ones I wanted. (laughs) I mean, we did make you do one Edgar Wright movie and then Academy Awards and then Zack Snyder's. Yeah, it's been been going downhill since Baby Driver. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There are so many. Uh, Actually, probably the one of the number one of the top ones is one that you've already done, which is Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Mm, that was mm, great, good for mm-hmm. you. Um, and it would definitely wouldn't be one episode, but Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. It's, Lord of the Rings has just changed. It, it has actually changed my life. Mm-hmm. Both, you know, the movies themselves, and also I'm a total nerd, so I watched all the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And that, if I had to pick anything, that's probably what got me into movies. Yeah, into the idea of making movies is that the, yeah. there was like a, a screen that was lifted between you and the camera. Like, yeah, there's and it, something there, and it doesn't. It's not like when you, you know, it's not like the magic trick is ruined. Mm-hmm. I can always go back to those movies and keep finding new things that I like, new things to talk about or mm-hmm. think about, um, new things that I didn't notice before. But just seeing that journey on on the on the screen and also behind the scenes is absolutely one of the things that got me going and said i they did it i can do something like that so because that's so personal to me i think that would be probably the the three that i would love to do nice uh we may we may in the future and touching on what you said very briefly um you know talking about some of these 90s directors talking about uh, the Coens who do No Country for Old Men, which wins Best Picture, and there are multiple Academy Award nominated. And uh, later on in this year, they will be coming out with the uh, Joel Cohen, at least, will be coming out with The Tragedy of Macbeth, the starring Denzel Washington and uh, uh, Francis yeah. McDormand. Um, but then moving over into some people like Sam Raimi, who is taking the reins again for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's after, so yeah, leaving the, leaving the reign. Yeah. kind of after Marvel and then he does drag me to hell and then we're, we're kind of done the the horror indie master of the 90s yep. uh, or then talking about um, you know Fincher who already has a movie lined up like this is the this is the comeback for a lot of people who got started in commercials TV shows the indie space and what all of them have shown us is that passion vision and drive will get you where you want to be. Mm. And uh, I, I think you got that. I think you got that. I think that oh. uh, you have a, a nice career ahead of you. Thank you. Um, so for all of us, you know, we, we wish you well. And um, we'll keep checking back with you when we can. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah, it's it's been a, very, uh, a big pleasure of ours to have you. Thank you very much. All right, Lenny, as the, the leading expert of the show, because you've listened to all of our episodes released thus far, haven't you? Pretty much, yeah. There is one exception. Yeah, I haven't listened to the Black Widow episode because I haven't seen it yet, and you guys were getting into spoilers, so <laughs> I paused that one to come back to you later. But you've listened to everything else. Yes. Okay. So based off of everything, <laughs> ever been a time where you're like, they are absolutely wrong about that? <laughs> oh, you should have given me this question earlier before you think about it. Um, let's see. Hmm. Yeah, I don't... I, nothing springs to mind. 
That's so, something that I really disagreed with you guys about. Okay, so you agree with everything that we've said. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's definitely been times where I disagreed with one or more of you, but I don't know if I've disagreed with the consensus. Okay. Like, for instance, well, I guess here's an example. I really love, if you guys haven't released it yet, oh, The Big Sleep. I love The Big Sleep. And uh, okay. it seemed like you guys were a little, were maybe a little on the fence about that one. And I just think it's it's such a classic. So maybe, that, maybe yeah. that's a disagreement. That I can't remember if you guys said it was a dad movie, but to my mind, it's a cla- it's 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 a dad movie. For uh, so Sir and Mike both said it was, and then I said no, and then I flip flopped and said yes because it's a fifty fifty split. Okay, so it's just like fine <laughs> to say a classic is a dad movie. I think is okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't really too hot in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, nostalgia plays a big role. My love for it, but also just Humphrey Bogart is one of my all time favorite actors. Just all time favorite cool guys. So any movie he's in, I'm pretty much automatically gonna love it. And this, I think, is one of one of my favorite Humphrey Bogart movies. Oh wow! Okay. I mean, it's no Casablanca, but it's I don't know. It's such a fun movie. Like um, I, I had the privilege of watching this beforehand, so. I wasn't trying to figure out the plot while I was watching it because there's nothing really to figure out. Like, it doesn't get resolved. There's nothing to figure out. It's just a complicated mess. Yeah. So if you can step back from the complicated mess and just enjoy how cool it is and how convoluted it is and how snappy the dialogue is, <laughs> then it's super enjoyable. Yeah. I think the director had said he realized with that movie that all you really need to have for a movie are really great individual scenes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I think I read something about that. Like, he said that, yeah, to, a great movie only needs, like, I think he said it was, like, two or three great scenes to make it a great movie and no bad scenes. So a movie could be, like, mediocre almost all the way through but have, like, one or two just bangers. And then it's an all-time classic in his mind. Like one great monologue or something. Which is an unusual take on movies. <laughs> I think that might be that might be true. Unless I'm thinking of a different interview, but I thought I thought it was that director. In general, that principle sounds right. Well, I don't know. Alright, actually I just thought of like I don't, the Matrix, right? And that yeah. has at least nine super memorable scenes. Yeah. The opening one, explaining that humans are batteries. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like, just the whole chase sequence with Trinity in the beginning, you know, where she oh, dives yeah. through the window, she goes down the stairs, she's got the guns out. So epic. So memorable. And then he goes to his work and he gets a random call and then he gets interrogated by Mr. Smith and his yeah. mouth goes missing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then he's in the car and the worm comes out of his stomach and then there's a red pill, blue pill moment. Yeah. Every scene is amazing. So maybe, yeah, maybe the, the three scene idea is kind of full of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it certainly seems like even one memorable scene could cement uh, even a mediocre movie in cinema history. Uh, it's always going to be remembered, always going to be celebrated. But I guess if we're talking about what makes a great piece of art, it seems like it has to be holistically great. Wait, I wanted to ask: Are you yeah. uh, are you going to show your kids like all of the MCU? Is that is that what yeah. you, like, you feel? It's interesting because yeah. I think I I think I will at some point. I 
I had kind of been over them and just thought, oh, they're so, so overhyped. But yeah. then I, I, do- I dove back into them a little bit, partially because like I work for, I work for distance learning school and yeah. like high schoolers still love the Captain America versus Iron Man debate. And there were shows that movies that I watched in college. And then we oh, would yeah. have our entire friend group would get together and go to, well, we, be- we, came, we became adults with these movies. Yeah, exactly. Like they, yeah. I think I will. And there, there is something beautiful about seeing like, like Thor, the dark world. You're going to go back in there or <laughs> like, maybe not like, like there the are Hulk, certain highlights. But, yeah. Okay, okay. Like that, like you, you got to see the Iron Man in order to see the what happens in spoiler alert: the last Avengers, where Tony Stark definitely doesn't die. I said spoiler alert. What? So I, uh, but Tony, seeing like who is this Tony Stark? Tony Stark RK. Basically, oh. think of think of <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Congratulations, Jeff Bezos! You did it! You did it, Jeff Bezos! Jeff Bezos. <laughs> um, okay, cool. No, no, we had we had this conversation. Um, have you seen Black Widow yet? I haven't seen Black okay, Widow yet. Okay, check it out. Also, um, like Premiere Access. Yeah, it's on Premiere. Yeah. Um, don't go see it on Premiere Access because Scarlett Johansson oh, no. is getting screwed out of her contract I by know. Disney. Go see it in theaters. I go see it in theaters because that's not the way oh, you nice. treat your. Yeah, that was Weird people, especially was, like this is, uh, yeah. I was I always wondering if there were two sides to the story because it seemed like so obviously they were taking advantage of her. Yeah. Like she said, "Hey guys, like we've got all these uh, bonuses and built and structured into my contract. Can we renegotiate if you're going yeah. to release it online?" And it just seemed like they like lost that email or just didn't ever. And yeah. people that talk about it and like, oh, sorry, we never got around to restructuring your contract. It just these movies, you know, they're really. Well, her quick. contract said like it will not be released simultaneously. Like yeah. that was yeah, a it was cut and dry. Yeah, that's so sad. Yeah, that's that's sad. Um, but especially because and, and yeah, yeah, she's done basically. Yeah, she's now, done. Right? She's she's cut ties and they've yeah. cut ties with each other. She's yeah. suing them, which which she should. And, and I had heard I that it was like a really good. Uh, a really good movie at showcasing the um, the stars around her too. And yeah, like, which is, you know, as a star when it's, she was, she's been there from the beginning with all mm-hmm. these. I just remember watching some of the early um, Iron Man movies and yeah. she's there uh, and it's fun to see that character grow and blossom to like the sacrifice of that she makes in the last Avengers. Um, but then it, also a sacrifice when she finally gets her own standalone movie and she shares a lot of the screen time with her co-stars because it's like, she's a star maker at this point in time. Um, Yeah. yeah. I I just, it feels really crappy to. It does. The the whole movie, like I think overall it's a pretty good movie and it shows like a good, a good, I don't know, an interesting step in a direction for for Marvel. I don't know what that is, Yeah, but um, it's a complex, like, like I feel complicated about it. It's complicated. Sure, 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 absolutely. Um, but uh, but but one of the things have, we talked about yeah. was whether or not we would show our kids. Yeah. Um the the whole the MCU. Whole yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So that, that's why I was curious. That's yeah. Why. What did you guys yeah. think? I I am not. I am not yeah. a huge Marvel person. I think yeah. both Vito and Jesse said yes. Yeah. But you know what? I don't. Rem- I have no yeah. memory at yeah. all. So. You're just like ah, oh, whatever. It's a stupid yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's because okay. it, it, that, that it plays into like we watched during COVID basically 
all the Disney movies that yeah. that we we could get our hands on. Yeah, and I was like, it's good for them to know about these things um, because it's it's how you like make friends in certain ways, but it, it, not everything is created equal. And so yeah. I, I like I want to try to balance the the idea of being able to you know engage with culture like we we're talking about and get references and stuff, yeah. but also not not water it down and understand thor the dark world is just like, i i know there's some really fun movies in there and um i i wonder sometimes if it's going to be kind of like cowboy movies in a way because hmm. cowboy movies like, i don't know for you but for me i think like oh yeah cowboy movies are great like yeah. i can't wait and yeah, then cowboys and aliens like, right yeah cowboys, cowboys versus aliens yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but i don't think it's really like that's something that yeah. our our parents grew up yeah. with or like my dad did and my yeah. dad was probably older like he was born in 49 yeah yeah um and uh so he was on the older yeah end of the boomers yeah. spectrum but um but it was like a big thing they passed on to us but it's kind of yeah. petering out it's not as big anymore yeah, i've seen i mean i i actually kind of consider no country for old men kind of it, a cowboy movie it, i think it definitely is but it's like a yeah, bit of a twist. But I've seen like a couple John Waynes, yeah. and I've seen oh, yeah. uh, like a few Clint Eastwoods. Like there are some that will endure. Yeah, like the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, and absolutely. Those Unforgiven. Um, no, Unforgiven. Actually, yes, Unforgiven. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Um, gosh, yeah. But I, but I don't. So that's like. I think your point is well taken. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I wonder if it's going to be like that. Yeah. So like, it's, it's something that was extremely impactful yeah. and whatever, but it's kind of like they're, they're the new cowboys of, yeah. of the, um, yeah, they are kind of like, that yeah. is a really interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know it's if that's a saga, the right? I, like, it, yeah, but they're all interconnected. Unlike, yeah. unlike all those cowboys. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. But they are easy calories. Like when, yeah. like when I really am just, I went through a stage of watching like bits and pieces of Marvel movies before I went to bed every night. Really? And it was just, I watched like the, all the movies that have been out up until that point. Oh just, yeah. Like, and it was, you know, 10 minutes at a time or something. Just, you like, would just like watch like, 10 minutes and then go to bed and then go to bed. And it sounds so it was, stressful. I, I, it was so, uh, like everything about that. Just, just I can't, I couldn't, I really like was, I did not care what I was. I I would do that way too often. Like I will watch like half of a twenty minute episode of TV and then just go to sleep. But and it's just like, ten more minutes, Chris. Just ten more minutes. It's just ten more minutes. I'm really like on the edge of like I'm, I'm like about to fall asleep. Oh my god! Like, I guess I'll get up and go to bed. <laughs> I look don't at your face. How you can live no, like like this isn't this isn't a bad thing or anything. It's just I am I am forever um, awestruck by the 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 differences are, that yeah. are that exist in humans. That's amazing. It seems like so normal to me, and I'm like, yeah, this is how no one else in the world might do. That. Wild. It's, it's wild. It's such a weird and, and it's very inefficient because I end up like, like oh yeah, I actually fell asleep during that. Now I've got to rewind and start from the beginning. Or the other day, like it just kept playing. <laughs> And I'm like at the end of like a season. I'm like, oh gosh, what episode was I? <laughs> well, and then they've all been played. So you got to go back and actually yeah, figure it out. It takes as long to get It's there. all memory exercises. I'm just putting myself into a terrible position. Interesting. For the sake of <laughs> staving off Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're going to live forever because of this. That's yeah. awesome. I gotta say, I'm most excited to show my kids 
The Dark Knight. Mm. I've been looking forward to that since I saw it in theater. <laughs> it's like, yes. Like, I can't wait to show this to somebody else. And I've been looking forward to this. Like, oh, man, I think I'll have to wait like eight more years. Yeah. <laughs> Got a long way to go. That's interesting because it seems like The Dark Knight in particular, it's a great movie, but it seems like that is a formative movie for our generation. Yeah. And it seems like it's a unique to our generation, and maybe it's not... I don't know if it's an all-time great movie. Like, I think it's formative for us, and I think it is, it is a great movie. Like, maybe it's one of the memorable movies of the decade it came out in, but I don't know how it stacks up against, you know, the all-time classics. Yeah, if you think about it as an action movie... Yeah. The thing is, like, if you think about the plot, it falls apart pretty quick. Yeah. But in terms of, like, pacing... I've never had a movie like take me on that ride like that movie has. Yeah, that's true. The Joker has a plan. Batman, Batman's solving things. Oh no, the Joker's plan is coming true. <laughs> and Batman is over in Tokyo. You know, like there are these crazy ups and downs, and it's like this roller coaster where it goes up and then down a little bit, then it builds up even more than the previous dip yeah. that you were on, and then goes down even further, and then goes up even higher. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, there's a whole lull where they're in the prison, and then suddenly all hell breaks loose right afterwards. Yeah. Like, yeah. the Joker was caught. Yeah. All right, I'm going to be done talking about The Dark Knight. I think that movie's awesome. It is awesome. And I think, like, I don't know, maybe this is a little fanboy, but... It does seem like Heath Ledger's Joker act, uh, performance is one of the one of the at least all time great performances of of this generation. Yeah, if not all time. Maybe maybe it's what has screwed us up so much and been so obsessed with like wanting to put chaos into everything. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we're all just trying to be the Joker. <laughs> like, is he the is that the best villain performance of all time? You think? I'm having trouble thinking of another well, performance that was, like, so captivating. I mean, there's the obvious uh, Hannibal Lecter. Yes, yeah, for sure. By Anthony Hopkins, yeah. which is really good. It is, And yeah. menacing. And I think both of those are they're similar in a way that it seems like it. they're both super memorable. One, because of the acting, but two, because there's, like... There's little ticks or little tones of voice that are super memorable that stick in your head because they're so weird. Like, like Joker's thing where he like licks his lips. Yeah. It's so memorable because it's so weird. It's so yeah. inhuman. <laughs> or uh, Anthony Hopkins' little whatever he does. That's true. I think the Joker is just more of a captivating character. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder what what movies like we're going to feel that way about. Like, will No Country for Old Men in twenty years like will that be a terrible movie? Not not have held up at all. What do yeah, you think? I don't know. I'd like to think that one. I mean, I think any movie where you're making like deep statements about human nature, and then you know the acting, the production values are good too. I feel like those tend to hold up. I feel like things that are trying too much to be about a certain specific time or like trying to really capture the zeitgeist at a moment, it's really hit or miss. Cause if they really nail it, maybe it works. But most of the time you look back at that and be like, yeah, no, that was a weird time. I didn't, you know, I don't really want to revisit that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I usually try to use that as a test when I see movies. I'm like, you know, I wonder like project forward 30 or 40 years, like, is this going to hold up or not? But there's no way to know until you're watching it on the other side. 
long day's journey into night. Well, long day's journey into night <laughs> hold up in 30 years. <laughs> uh, I think if it holds up the first time, it'll hold up any other time you see it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Have I was seen wa- Limbo yet? Limbo? No. Actually, I don't know what that is. Okay. You got you got to see Limbo. I'm shouting out Limbo on every single episode until until you guys all watch it because it's great. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, sorry, I feel like No Country for Old Men movies like that, I think, will hold up. Yeah. Um, I think that movie, I think that movie intentionally tries to be a little bit timeless because it's already doing like a Western feel at a time when Westerns aren't really a thing anymore. But it didn't feel weird when I was watching it at the time. So I feel like it already did a pretty good job getting outside of time and just telling a story. And, you know, so I I think something like that will hold up. But you never know until you're watching them on the other side, I feel like. I know. Because you changed too. too. Yeah. 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 Because you changed too. That's true. And and I wonder about like, like there's some some filmmakers and directors or writers who you think like, oh, like these are these are classic classic writers, classic directors, like uh, Paul Thomas Anderson or the Coen brothers in general, Corbett McCarthy, who wrote that Quentin Tarantino, maybe. Um, But I I wonder, like, I wonder about some of them, like who's going to like Edgar Wright, is Edgar Wright going to be around, you know, in, in 30 years are people going to remember him? Mm -hmm. Um, I love Edgar Wright. I love the movies that he does like Shaun of the dead and, and uh, uh, baby driver, which we've talked about. Ooh, yeah. uh, on the show yeah, yeah but but that's also like that's that's kind of the zeitgeisty movie same with Shaun of the dead same with um uh the cop one why can't i ever remember the name yeah i, I they're, think they're it's kind really... of yeah they're kind of like of the moment because like these are things that people are focusing on they're very genre focused mm-hmm. but at the same time it's kind of lampooning the genre as a whole yeah uh. yeah which that kind of if it puts it a little bit outside the genre i feel like that stands a better chance yeah mm-hmm. But I don't know. Again, I think until you're watching it when you're different 30 years from now and you see it again, I feel like there's never any real way to know. Because I feel like there's some things that, you know, win Oscars or are super acclaimed that even 10 years later, they're forgotten about. Or everybody was like, yeah, what were we thinking? You know, yeah. when we were into yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was so, a weird time. Yeah. So only time can tell, I think, on those. But but I don't know. I, like I said, I think that there's a certain timelessness that a movie can achieve that makes me feel more confident that it'll stand the test of time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I feel like artsy films, it's like you in a corner. Yeah. Like staring at your phone. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, well, I also like, feel like it seems like my dad's reaction to artsy movies is I just have no patience for it, which I get. Like if you've, if you've spent, you know, if you've been watching movies for decades, you have no patience. You're not willing to put in the commitment to a movie that may just be, you know, self-indulgent crap. Yeah. You know? Which, to be fair, a lot of art house movies are. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, again, I think the internet helps save this. Because now, every time there's a movie I'm confused about, I go on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I can look up hundreds of reviews with the director. I can look up, you know, hundreds of YouTube videos expounding on what it was about. Yeah. And then I can get more out of it. Whereas, like... That's a fundamental, fundamentally different movie experience than from like 30 years ago, even. Yeah, I mean, I guess in the past, and even, I'm not even talking about the last generation, but even like before I used the internet regularly or had a phone, my opinion of a movie was almost entirely shaped by my watching of the movie and then who I watched it with and the immediate conversation we had afterwards. 
that yeah. shaped my like me and the person I watched it with shaped my perception of the movie forever. Where now, if if it's a movie that I care even a little bit about or thinking about even a little bit, there's influence from the internet. I'm going to be reading reviews. I'm probably going to listen to podcasts about it. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll probably watch the the honest trailers if they did an honest trailers or the. Uh, the pitch meeting pitch guy. meeting like you gotta love the pitch meeting guy <laughs> like my and and maybe that's in a way there's something lost there i think that your opinions are less your own now and sure you have all this other input of of you get all this this new insight you didn't have before but also i think you are influenced more and maybe yeah you know you read you read a review by someone you respect and that changes what you think of the movie yeah i think i uh, i agree with that Personally, I try really, really hard not to. I don't. I don't read reviews. Like that's why I don't like the aggregator Rotten Tomato score or anything mm-hmm. like that. I like to watch a trailer, and then I just like to watch the movie. I don't want to know what everybody thought about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. I do feel like to me, Rotten Tomatoes is useful just in the number. That if there's a movie in theaters I don't know anything about, if it's got a score less than like. I don't know, 50%, I'm not going to see it. Because less than 50%, there's enough people that hate it. But less than 50% audience score or critic score? <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess the difference. Google results like, just aggregates them, I guess. The Google results? Like, you know, when you Google a movie and it'll show the Rotten Tomato score. I think it just shows critic. Maybe it's just the critic. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what pops up first. You have to go to the movie and then it shows like audience and critics. Oh, okay. So like Last Jedi shows as positive, but if you click on it, it says oh, <laughs> the fans hate it. The fans hate it. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I think in some ways, our our passion for movies is definitely facilitated by the internet. And you know, I mean, I think I've seen, I think I've seen like 150 movies this year. Just this year. 150 movies this year? Which, well, let me check. I've got it on Letterboxd. <laughs> it's, it's over 100 for sure. Um, oh my word, that's more than me. Let's see. I have watched 140 films this year since January 1st. That would be impossible without streaming. I think you get a lot more out of movies with the internet. But yeah, there's something lost there for sure. Well, yeah, I think you get more out of it, but... Part of the reason why I enjoy doing the podcast because, like, movies are supposed to impact you. Yeah. And if you've just, like, if you just watch them, read a couple things, and, and then, like, go about your day, it's like, I don't know. There's no impact being made. Yeah. It almost feels like justice isn't done to the movie. <laughs> like, I love the experience of, like, watching a movie, then going out and talking about it with friends. That's the best sort of movie to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I love about doing the podcast is that's what it is. Yeah. It's just... That's why I do it. It's that ex- it's like a, it's like that parking lot conversation after going to see a movie in the theaters. Uh, I Except love that parking lot conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 